Hi, I'm Chris Claremont. You're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics and hopefully reading one of mine. That was a superior. Mm. Who was it? Speaking of superior. Superior like a spider. Right. Good comics up in here. For real. Oh, crazy. It's amazing. amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, our boy Campbell's taking his son Colin to his uh, first ever baseball game. And it got rained out one minute into the game. Kid will make out though, because daddy will feel bad. Kid will take him or daddy will take him somewhere, load up on his kid's stuff. He'll be alright. Chris is a good man. Little too up in the DC. Yeah, a little bit. I I, I brought absolutely no DC home today, and and now I regret it because I didn't look through everything. And the Legion uh, pops up in Booster Gold, so I gotta go get that next week. There you go. I got a Legion problem. You do? I seriously do have a Legion. Yeah, I mean, it is a good problem to have, but it's, you know... uh, Well, the past couple months it's been an okay problem because we haven't seen anything from the Legion the past couple months. Right, I mean, if the Legion shows up in the New 52, do they really show up? This is the first time. This and the... The two books. Uh, yeah, this is the first ju- time. This and the books that they started off with. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really like those books. I thought they were they were a lot of fun. Which ones? Um, the New Fifty Two Legion. All three of them. Yeah, I thought they was, were fun. Yeah, that's that's what you you know it. Oh, yeah, they did all that. I can't. I can't wait for that for that behind the scenes book. Of, of, you know, New 52, what went wrong and where, well, what went wrong. I know we, we all know what went wrong, but it was just, I, I, to, to find out what fucking people were saying, what was going on behind the scenes, I, I, I would love to find out why certain things were approved and pushed and, and, and decided to get me ganked eight months later and, and. Because it's all reactionary. You can't, you can't, as Marvel has, has proved, you cannot do reactionary. It just doesn't work. Because you're always following somebody else's lead. When you blaze trails and take a chance and maybe fall on your face, maybe not, that's when the I real... I think that's probably why I, I yet so... It, it might seem like I, I, I come down on them because I just... I I want to read good comics. And and when when I give something a chance and I, I'm like, I know these characters, I know this, I know this writer, I know what this is about. And I'm like, and and it's so... Not, and it's not even like it's not what I expected. It's just as I'm reading it, it's just not good to me. I'm like, I can't. I, I just, I, why, why do you make it so hard for me to love you? I don't know. I'm asking myself the same question I, right now. <laughs> We're gonna put Chatty Cathy on pause for a second, way. so I can tell you that this is Eleven O'clock Comics, and I am Vince B. And I am uh, Chatty Cathy David A. Price. The beautiful David A. Price. The stunning David A. Price. Hey, now, why you got to up me every time? <laughs> every damn time. And, of course, I am all about that bass. No trouble. No. <laughs> You're not any of that. Why you fuck up, Vince? Like, I don't know where to go with this. He was all like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I guess, really. You're not any of that. In fact, you're Jason Wood. <laughs> I am all about that bass, though. 
We're all geared up. We are excited this week, if you you can't tell, because we it's one of those rare occurrences where we all read the same bunch of stuff, and we all pretty much, to a man, enjoyed them very Mm -hmm. much. Speaking of behind the scenes, if you could read our Facebook messages, that'd be be its own show right there. It would be. No lie. You're my brothers. That is the only thing that gets me through. Oh, jeez. I hear you. No pressure. <laughs> no, you, you could just put little, those little stickies that you put up all the time. And I'd be like, this is, this is fine. This is fine. Dude, I the love best this. thing Facebook ever did to earn their $200 billion market cap are those stickers. <laughs> They're the no, best. They are. The bald, was Mr. Baldhead? I love him. You did. <laughs> angry, I love the angry clam. The angry rooster. I don't. Sometimes the angry clam, I don't know, it burns. It burns. When yeah, you it, does. It, burns. it does. Especially if you're all about that bass. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know who else is all about the bass? The discount comic books. He stands for bass? Don't even try this week. Discount, discount comic, comic book service. service. There you go. DCBService.com. That is DCBService.com where you can get your books at redonkulous discounts. Check this out. You only have a little window now before these specials go away because the previews came out today. I don't know. You got a little bit of wiggle room. Um, from Va- from Valiant, you can get nine books, half off cover. Buying them all, dude. Me too. That's Ex- Eternal Warrior, Days of Steel number one, Exo Man of War number 30, Unity number 12, The Return of Quantum and Woody number two, which has been great, Bloodshot 25, Archer and Armstrong 1% number one. I'm intrigued by that. Punk Mambo number zero. It's a one shot. Uh, Death Defying Dr. Mirage. I've signed up for all of that. And The Delinquents number four, which has also been really great. I'm excited. Nine books, $18.45. Uh, from Dynamite, Django and Zorro, written by Mr. Quentin Tarantino yes. and Matt Wagner. Art by Esteve Poles and um, covers by Jay Lee. Well, at least one of them. Saw the art today. I like the line work, but colors a tad pedestrian. Really, that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, it's okay. Um, cover price three ninety nine. Your price dollar ninety nine. Awesome fifty percent discount. And from Dark Horse, the Ghost Fleet number one, written by Donnie Cates, art by Dan Johnson and Lauren Affey. Um, it's uh, for the world's most valuable, dangerous, or secretive cargo. You don't just call any trucking service. You call the Ghost Fleet. That's intriguing. I got to see what this is about. And I can do so at half off the cover, $1.99. Amazing. They don't care about late orders. They don't care about order editions. They'll fill them because they love you and they love everybody. And you can get your previews for what you should have been paying all along a little more than a dollar. It's true. DCBService.com, the best. The best. Boom. Yeah. Tell them we My- sent you. Yeah, that's a good you idea. You should. You definitely should. Um, before we get into the hot and heavies and, and the drink roll call, you. if anybody has any thank yous, we'll get them out of the way now. Because I have a couple, so I just want oh, – if you sure. do, go for it. I have none. Uh. I have not had any for a while. And Jason's not going to check his mail for another six months, so he doesn't have any. True. <laughs> Uh, well, you know that, uh, you're right on that. I don't have any. Oh. Uh, well, I have one, and actually it, it, it's connected to you. Um, oh, it is. It is true. It's, uh, we have, um, it, uh, la- the ninth, um, was my birthday, and, uh, and I did receive, um, 
from two very special people. Um, an email saying, hey, it's your birthday and, and, and here's something for you. Uh, Jason gave me, for the longest time, I, uh, cause why well, just get to the point? The, the big thing, when, when Deep Space Nine, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, one of my favorite episodes involved, um, Mr. William Sadler and the reveal of this, um, special secret organization behind the scenes known as Section 31. And it, that episode, that whole idea just floored me that, that here's the Federation, you know, peace and love and, and we don't need money and we're just, we're trying to better people across the galaxy. And, but here's this one group within the Federation that, uh, that, that, that's in the shadows and is shady and, and make sure, um, other things work. But really that was the only time we ever heard of Section 31. But the Star Trek novels, the, the, the pocket books, they, they had a, um, a series of Section 31 novels starting with the original series. And Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, and um, and Voyager. These books have probably been out of print for a while. The paperbacks are whatever paperbacks go for when when you can uh, when you see them in the store. But I always look at the Kindle prices just because I still want to read them. But I'm like, why am I paying even more for a Kindle version than I would for an actual physical copy? So I just I keep like every few months I look disgusted and move on. I mentioned it. And Mabu decided to gift me them for my birthday this year. Mm-hmm. So I started reading them, and uh, and and it's it's very hard for me to stop reading the first book so I can read this week's comics, and uh, I, I really am enjoying it. So thank you. And I also, um, while I have the iPad out, I can flip through some other things, and and I need to thank Mr. Stephen Water, who had a birthday yesterday, uh, who I believe is twenty nine again. And he, uh, he decided to surprise me with the, uh, digital versions of the Bloom County Complete Library. And, nice. uh, and yeah, and that, that's just that, that's gonna be one of the first things I download on the new iPad once I have it, every, everything up and running. Um, just so I can look at that whenever I want to. Uh, and, um, and finally, over the weekend, I received a uh, a book, actual physical book, uh, from Mr. John O'Brien, who Jason and I met in Charlotte at Heroes Con. Uh, he uh, he sent me volume three of Public Education. It is a um, it's it's a limited print run. I have number uh, three. I think a hundred. Yes. Um, and uh this one is actually very near and dear to me aside from him he personalized it uh there's a pretty nifty quote on the back cover um by me so that uh that means a lot but i thank everybody for uh for thinking of me and 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 uh sending me stuff oh you missed one what i miss Somebody sent you a code today. You know what? You are absolutely right. You are, you are 100% right. One of the books that we will, well, that we can touch on, um, that ties into other things we read. I did. I, I, uh, during lunch, I, I, speaking of Facebook Messenger, I, uh, my phone dinged and I looked and I saw a bunch of letters and numbers jumbled together and, 
I was like, say word. And Vince was like, yeah, that's what it is. And, and I read it when I came home and, uh, and, and thank you very much, Vince. Mm-hmm. And we gotta get a fourth man. Cause you know, I need a boo. You guys yeah. got the boo shit locked up. You are boo, dude. You are boo. You rub it in my face all the time. Rub we gotta get a fourth man. Face. Yeah, yeah. Oh, boo, boo, oh boo, my boo. god. Oh, boo. That's alright. Let's talk about some comics. Let's do it. It's okay. Yeah. Well. Uh, we alluded to something at the top end of the show, top half, top part of the show, that we've all pretty much read the same things. Now, I'm gonna, you know, just spit out what I read and y'all can say yay or nay if you read them or not. And then we'll be on the same page. Mm-hmm. Superior Spider-Man 32 and 33. Yep, yep. Yeah. Ed, yes, good. Edge of Spider-Verse 1, 2, and 3. And 3, yes. No, I haven't read 3. Okay, well, that, that's alright. Um, and two, yes. I read Amazing 1, 2, 6. 1, uh, and 6 or 1 through 6? One, 1 through 6. Okay. I want to start, I want to start it again. Just to, so nice. I can, okay. it can be fresh. All right. Yeah. And I gotta say, Amazing 1 is a massive issue. Yes, it is. I've read 1, you, 2, and 3. Okay. So, good. So now I know there's certain places we can't go. No, you can feel free to go anywhere. All right, but it it pleases me to no end that not only one I'm I'm reading Spider Man again uh-huh. in in, in single issue no in single issue form, um, physical single issue form because they're good enough to pay for. If you get my if I get you get my gist, they're they're, they're yeah. so good I don't mind paying for them, and I'll, I'll be even more specific. I paid full price for God them. Damn. That's cray cray. I know because I, I I didn't order them. Especially through, listening to our sponsor, that's right. I I but see I held it's off. Gratification. He needs them now. If he would, I need them. I need them. Now. Right. He'd be like, hey, Christina, I need. I but, need to, you know, take a few weeks. See, they ruined me because they announced okay, that there, there would be a uh, Edge of Spider Verse, um, or Spider Verse Omnibus. So I said, you know what? Why should I pay full price for these singles? I'll just wait for the. The, the omnibus, and then I read one, and I'm like, yeah, all right, mm-hmm. I gotta get them as, as they come out. Um, See, I pre-ordered that joint on Amazon for like 20 bucks. Same here. I did, and I, and I canceled it. There we go. Oh, and I, can, I, I canceled it. So wait, because so you I, not only are buying them, but you've canceled a chance to own them for 20 bucks, you're now gonna end up paying like 100 bucks. Yeah. No, I don't want the, um, well yeah, so what? I want the singles. But, but I'm, I'm making up for my, uh, grievous error, and I'm jumping on with, Spider Verse proper, so I bought everything leading up to it, full price, mm-hmm. and then once Spider Verse starts, I'm getting it for the the uh, DCBS discount. Nice. Yes, I made a mistake, and I admit it, because it is, you know, Dan Slot to me is a real crafty bastard. Yes. What do you think Dan Slot is drinking tonight? <laughs> nice. Maybe the same thing I am. Uh, what am I drinking? Diet right, pure zero. Oh, right. What I don't even know f- what that is, but it sounds awful. It's garbage, but it's really good when it's when it's ice cold. Okay. Oh my lord. I'm drinking Diet Dr Pepper. So. All right. All right. So then I'll man up. I am drinking some uh, 1792 whiskey. Damn. So old. Um. But he he's amazing because he's taking something. That was almost universally loathed back when it originally came out, and he's making it interesting, and he's making it, 
He's making it so enticing that I want to know more. And specifically, should we get into it? We can get into it. All right. The whole gist of Spider-Verse is that remember the spider totems that we all made fun of way back in the day and, and Moreland and Ezekiel and all those dudes who can, cons- well, not Ezekiel, but Moreland consumes the avatars. That's what they do. They eat spider avatars. And there's that we find out now there's a bunch of them and they are hopping through the time stream, just devouring anything possessing a spider totem. That's a real neat springboard from which to launch an event. Because not only is it taking something that was pretty much despised, almost universally. Like there were some guys that enjoyed it when Straczynski did it, but almost really, you know, not enjoyed. Did you guys feel the same way when it was originally coming out? Uh... I wasn't a fan. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, not to, you know, disparage JMS. He does good stuff. He starts off doing think, good stuff. I think the spider totem was not his finest no. hour. Uh, there really wasn't a need for it. But now, Dan Slotwals is in. He is the maestro of Spider-Man for the past, what, almost eight, ten years? How long has Slot been on Spider-Man? So, as a solo writer? Yeah. Since, uh, like, 648? No. No, cause didn't he write, was it like 548 or something? Whatever the hell big time was. And then with the double and triple shipping, he, he has written a lot of Spider-Man issues. Let's just put it that way. He waltzes in, completely transforms that straw into gold, and, and spins this event out of it that is just so, I can't look away. It is so much fun. And when you compound the fact that Doc Ock, who, as we all know, was in the body of Peter Parker for various reasons, um, as Dan Slott put it, nature abhors a vacuum. And when Otto was taken out of our time stream and the um, Spider-Man 2099 was brought in in issue, what, 19 of Superior Spider-Man? Right. This this whole deal in Superior that's that's going on now is taking place then. And Otto gets in on the ground floor of what's happening, why it's happening, who's doing it. And this Kano dude is amazing. I think he's one of the best villains to come along in a long, long time because he's not completely reprehensible. Very true. Like Dr. Doom, he's got that, that, yes, he is doing bad things. He's destroying spider to- totems, um, wantonly. I mean, but he hates doing it. The rest of the family enjoys it. This is what we do. This is how we live. We consume these things. He doesn't necessarily like it. He just does it because that's his programming. That's his thing. And, and he wants to get out of it, but he doesn't have the, the, uh, well, there's no door yet to get out of it. I'm sure there will be. I'm sure he's going to have some redemption somewhere down the line, but he's, he's hopping around destroying, uh, the spiders and it is awesome. It is. It is so far. It's, uh, and, and the, I don't think you mentioned, I mean, you mentioned the books, but, but there is a reading order to this. Yes. Yeah, there is. Uh, Superior Spider-Man 32, then Edge of Spider-Verse 1, 2, then Superior Spider-Man 33, and then from there. That's all I've read to, so I know you guys are. The, The absolutely necessary ones are 32 and 33 for right now. 
If if you want to get in on Edge of Spider Verse or Spider Verse, see they got these two books and now I'm getting them jumbled. If you want to get in on Spider Verse, you need to read Superior Thirty Two and Thirty Three. And and I would say the first issue of Edge of the Spider Verse, the one with Spider Man. Uh, really, I would say read that one because numbers two and three don't re- because if you're reading thirty if, if you're reading Superior Spider Man. And this is the other thing. I like I said when when thirty two came out, it's a little weird initially that uh that they didn't number this nineteen point whatever. It's it's oh, actually being remember when right. I mentioned that? So but because of the characters in Superior Spider Man thirty two and mostly thirty three, I would say the first issue of the mini is uh Kind of fits in between 32 and 33. The other two, I would definitely recommend because Rodriguez drawing Gwen Stacy, written by Latour, that is phenomenal. That is an and it's, awesome issue. Yeah, and it's hot. It is hot. It, 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 it's. I think they they almost burn through a second printing. It's amazing. Like in terms of orders, and it it's one of those things where the hype is justified because it was a fantastic issue. It, yeah, it th- that's the key takeaway, I think, is that you, you were almost burying the lead there when you were saying that <laughs> you have to read 32 and 33 and maybe Edge 1, because while that may all be true, the standout of those four issues is Edge of Spider-Verse number two. Oh, yes. I mean, no. that, that is the – and like you said, that, that there was a lot of hype to this, a lot of pre-release buzz, a lot of uh, artists doing um, Spider-Gwen uh, pinups and, and, and web art in, in anticipation of this, but – but that issue, but, I mean, whew, I mean, that Robbie Rodriguez right. art though, oh my yeah. goodness, wow, Amazing. I mean, yeah. whew, I, I, I joke <laughs> with you guys, I have never been a huge Gwen Stacy never fan, been a fan. Yeah. and and this is the first time I've ever liked Gwen more than MJ, um, I, I would read this book, I would read a monthly ongoing of that of that oh, setting okay. with great pleasure, and Latour killed it, the dialogue was snappy, um, it was, it had that what if feel where it's, it's comfortable like a pair of jeans, but in a, in an inside out sort of way. Um, right. just, well, the, awesome the origin is, is, um, taking something in, in the current Spider-Man continuity and as all good what ifs do, it, it flips it on its head. Mm-hmm. Gwen is, well, Spider-Gwen is being blamed for the death of Peter Parker. Right. M- much like back in the day. Spider-Man was was thought to have, you know, orchestrated the death of Captain Stacy. Um, And Captain Stacy is a character in this. And and the one thing that I said to David during our little Facebook uh, message sessions was there's a um, a real intense moment at the end of the book. And Gwen does something that Peter would never, ever, never consider doing. And she does it. On a dime, she doesn't even hesitate. She, she, she. I'm, I'm sure she weighed her options, but this seemed like a good idea at the time, and she did it, and it completely changes her life. Uh, up until that moment, she was one state. After that, nothing's ever, ever going to be the same for for Gwen. And Peter has been put in situations like that, and he hasn't, he hasn't resorted to doing what she did. And it, it's amazing that they went there in a one shot so early. I mean, we don't even see this in the Bat Universe. There are similar characters in the Bat Universe, yes. 
uh, where similar situations could have arisen and they didn't. And, and Latour went there. It was just so great. And I really hope Rodriguez does not work digitally for Jason's sake. <laughs> well, well, I don't know that he did those pages digitally or not, but Robbie, uh, certainly works traditionally in, in some capacity because he's got a domino commission, uh, awaiting my, uh, my perusal at, uh, at New York Comic Con. Nice. So. Amazing. Yeah. And, uh, no, I thought the issue was fantastic too. Um, it was, uh, the, the line work was, immediate and it was kinetic and it was it was parts of it were like a a, a ballet i was just this is so good and there was no hint of um a slowdown like it, it just ramped up from page to page to page and when you get to that end it's like damn look at this they went there i was impressed with that ending you don't you know that's something you don't always see Especially in with the the carrot on the stick motif that we get from most of our monthlies, where they tend to drag stuff out a little bit and make you they you don't have that luxury in a one shot. You got to get it done. You got to hook them. Right. And and Latour really did well. And I think that it's a reminder. These issues are a reminder of how one shots are a bit of a lost art. And mm-hmm. and it's a shame because uh, the you know the what ifs and Marvel team ups and Marvel two and ones. Brave and the Bold, uh, those were super fun comics. Mm-hmm. And I think part of it was the fact that it was done in one. It was a creator or creators getting together to, to tell a story. And because they only had 22, 18 pages, whatever, they, depending on the era, 18 to 22 to 25 pages, they just threw a ton of stuff in there, but they also cut out a lot of the superfluous stuff. It right. was, it was bam, bam, bam conclusion. And it was hard not to leave you satisfied and wanting more. Mm-hmm. And it's great to see this kind of thing back every now and then. Right. Yes. Um, on the subject of Dan Slot. I gotta say, Jason was talking about the dialogue being snappy in the Latour, uh, edge issue. I think Dan writes the most naturalistic dialogue out of anybody in the big two. Even, even more so than Bendis. When, when I, uh, am going through a work written by Dan Slott, it's not like I'm reading the dialogue, it's like I'm eavesdropping on these characters. That's how real it is. Right. And it just flows. The the minutes just they're lost to me when I'm going through slot stuff. He's just he's so captivating, and the characters. Part of it could be that I've been with these characters for decades. I mean, I've been reading Spider Man. We all have a long damn time. So when Peter speaks, there's a part of me that instantly recognizes that this is an old friend. You've you've been around this dude for for many 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 years. That's money in the bank for a writer to 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 pick up a character like this because everybody who everybody knows him, right? We all know Peter. We know his makeup. We know his likes, his dislikes, his decisions. You know his values, the guy's morals. We know all that about Peter Parker. But when you write dialogue that just sings and it rings true and it sounds so so natural, that's the icing on the cake. It's completely entertaining. I would agree. Absolutely. 
The, uh, I mean, I've been, it's, it's not new. You know, I, I can't, it'd be very hard for me to add to that without sounding like I told you so, or it's what I've been saying, or, you know, this isn't news to me. It's, it is, there are, something else we were discussing today is that there are certain creators or certain writers specifically, but there are certain creators who have that, that story in them for a certain character or set of characters. Like, I don't think Joss Whedon, Astonishing X-Men was great. You know, I don't think, and that was fine. And, and, you know, Mark Miller writing, uh, Wolverine Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. or, um, or Enemy of the State, that, there are certain times where they'll do a miniseries featuring, you know, a certain creator so they could tell that story. Like, like the, uh, the Eduardo Riso, um, Wolverine miniseries. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they didn't, they didn't decide to throw that in the middle of the Wolverine ongoing. That was a special case. Miller wrote Wolverine while it was going on, Old Man Logan, whatever. And, and Astonishing X-Men was a Joss Whedon thing. And, you know, he didn't interrupt whatever anybody else was doing with the X-Books. Um, but he had an X-Men story that he wanted to tell that he told and, and it was fantastic. Um, you know, you could say John Byrne with Alpha Flight. I would probably say Fantastic Four, uh, because I, I like Byrne playing with the Stan and Jack characters. Alpha Flight was pretty much mostly Byrne, with the exception of a couple of characters who appeared in earlier Uncanny X-Men issues, but, um, that was Byrne doing him, his thing. Um, Simonson had Thor, uh, now Aaron, has Thor, um, and we'll say Aaron has Thor and, and maybe not original sin. And we have the, uh, and we have slot, we have weight on Daredevil. And for years he was on the flash. Um, but slot is when I think of Dan slot, I will, I could, it might be a safe bet to say from here on out forever. When I think of Dan slot, I'll think of Spider-Man. I won't think of The Thing or She-Hulk or anything else. I won't think of Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> Slot, it's by, just like Miller. For for me still, Miller is Daredevil more than he is Sin City for me. And and Slot is th- that Spider-Man. And I think that he is just, he's he's keyed in on the character, his universe, the, the supporting characters, everything about Peter Parker and Spider-Man. I think that that Slot is just... He, uh, he zeroed in on it and, and he is, you could tell he's having fun and he is, he's definitely left his mark. There's still more to do with the character and, and, uh, and at no point have I ever thought, oh, he's overstayed his welcome. I'm, I'm ready for someone else to give it a shot. I, I am enjoying Slot Spider-Man to no end. Agreed. And I, I, I really hate to compare stuff that's good that i feel is good to stuff that i feel just doesn't cut it but one of the one of my pet peeves these days is the fact that that future's end is selling forty thousand copies i don't want to bring it down but there's there's a bit of dialogue in one issue of, of 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 future's end and i just had to say what in the hell is going on here one of the characters like that storm guard guy they're fighting yeah 
and I know I know this has nothing to do with Spider-Man, so, uh, but it just popped into memory. That that Stormguard guy, uh, he he gets these two um, criminals that he's accusing of trafficking stolen DNA and 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 uh, ID cards. And the one guy in the middle of this, and then there's a lot of dialogue. The one guy says, "Do you know how hard it is to get work with PTSD?" Like, w- look at the creative team on this. Like, who in the hell wrote that? <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> it just bugs me. But then you 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 go into the light and you you read what Dan Slott's doing, and it's just it's it sound it reads so effortless, and it it just sounds so natural and and. True to, I mean, it sounds like the real damn world, right? It does. Um, back to Spider-Man. Yeah, it's my freaking pet peeve. <laughs> I was I just, say, that, you that, were real hard on for that series. No, that, that's, it just bugs me. How do you mess up something like that? With that creative team, how do you mess it up? It's, it's just baffling. Well, but anyway. I mean, again, when, I don't want to break it down, but, but Marvel's coming off of a very unimpressive event itself, so it's not. It's not a DC Marvel thing. It's a <laughs> say what you will about the event. The, the writing was of a much higher caliber than than. Can, Maybe. Yeah. I mean, again, I don't. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but I. I think both are big, big whiffs. So again, I just don't. I always, I can just, I, I, I always feel compelled to put the warning in in times like this that, um, that that little aside you just brought up kind of feeds into the notion of that we're all just a bunch of Marvel lovers and we hate on DC and I, oh. I just don't think that's fair. So yeah. I, I, I feel compelled to balance the skills here. I, you know, the right. Marvel's quote unquote most recent event, which we should by all accounts have loved was a big whiff in and of itself. So, you know, for yeah. different reasons, but, but so they're both capable of whiffing and hopefully spider verse does not whiff because the, the start of it, the prequel stuff has been phenomenal and shout out to Christos Gage too, because he's been a part of this as well. Yes. Yeah. Right. And common yeah. Giuseppe Comancoli, I think, has has never oh, looked better either. Oh, for real. Um, the uh, Spider- Amazing Spider-Man proper is so good, and it's there. There is so much going on in that book. You have the Black Cat, a woman scorned because Otto was none too kind to her. Mm-hmm. He did not have the history that Peter has with her. He certainly did not have the romantic escapades that Peter had with her. So when he yeah. um he yeah. he brought her down he brought her down hard and she is now where it was. She was a laughing stock among the criminal element because Spider Man done her wrong. He get he, he captured her and he brought her to quote justice and in, in a really um visible way, like everyone knew. And she has a reputation to maintain, and he just trashed it. Yeah. So, so Selena's not happy, even when she learns that Felicia. the person. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, <laughs> S- Selena. How about that yeah, for Freudian? Um, so Felicia, he, Peter told her, "Look, I, that wasn't me. I didn't. I didn't do it. That was Otto. You know, give me a chance." She just, she's not hearing it. Her, she, she wants to bring Spider-Man down, and um. She's getting there. Uh, that number one, the good luck powers are always in her favor. Yeah. But she had Electro on her side, who is also n- uh, not a favorite among the criminal underground because of what he did when he uh, went kablooey. He fried a bunch of uh, their people, and you know he's per- persona non grata with them too. So she's working with the outcasts and the underdogs, and she's getting places. And she is hot as Georgia asphalt. <laughs> She's looking pretty fine, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I, I like Ramos's version of her. Yeah. Well, I like Ramos's version of everything. That's true. But, I mean, he, he, he uh, lavishes uh, particular care on uh, Felicia, I think. I would agree with that. Yeah. But uh, th- aside from that, there's other stuff going on in Amazing. David, what's your favorite part of it? Oh, man. Uh, Tough call, right? It, it is. I mean, I, I, I like seeing Dr. Peter Parker, but then when you have, um, Sanjani and Anna, um, kind of, <laughs> I, uh, I'm not pulling the strings, but making sure things stay afloat because obviously, Whatever Otto had planned, whatever Otto was working on, Peter doesn't have the same uh, know-how on, sh- on making sure things work. So, uh, at least with not any kind of expediency, he he would eventually guess. Yeah, I'd agree but with that. He doesn't have the luxury of time, right? Um, so there are things that he may want to announce or or push forward, um, and. His business partners want to make sure that the company doesn't collapse when, when he does make these announcements and, and, and goes through these motions. And, um, yeah. And the thing was that that thing that pissed Sajani off was that they had a direction. They were working with nanotech and he just stopped and said, you know what we're doing now? We're going to cure electro yeah. and in doing so make a prison because the raft is Kablooey, uh, we're going to make a prison that could solve all our supervillain problems. So he's trying to be altruistic, and Sajani says, this is not going right. to, you know, we're not going to make any money from this. But I, I think when Anna, behind the scenes, is working to, to help out, she's doing it for entirely different reasons than Sajani's doing yes. it. I think Anna doesn't know it yet, but she's all up in our boy Peter. Eh, Anna. No, <laughs> stop I, it! I love, dude. I love her. Those little Anna's, hands. Anna's great. She's fantastic. Those, it's come on, Maybe. man. How could how could you not fall in love with that character? <laughs> oh, I can count the ways. She, she's amazing. He's a heist. Um, but even <laughs> I, <laughs> another wrench in the machine. There is, uh, there has been, and this was uh, foretold in the futures, uh, not futures, and holy crap. The original sin issues that uh, that way back when, when that spider bit Peter, it waltzed over and bit someone else as well. Yes. And thank God for Peter, it wasn't a dude, because there's a there's a, a an irresistible chemistry mm. that that crops up whenever these characters are in proximity. They can't keep their hands off each other. So thankfully, it bit a woman who turned into a hot ass woman um, named uh, Cindy Moon. Yes. And and she has powers in a lot of cases greater than Peter's. I don't think she has the strength, but her spider sense is uh more sensitive. Mm-hmm. Her web making ability is natural and more um prolific, let's just say. She webs up her own suit. She does. Like that's her that, that yeah. that's her suit. She she creates it just from the web and they the web seem to um Emerge from her fingertips, like all of them. 
I love Silk. That one scene where Anna's driving the car and Peter and, and Cindy are in the back and they're, uh -huh. they're all sucking face and Anna's adjusting the mirror. Yeah. Dude, she wants yeah, it. She won't admit it, but <laughs> she wants it. How could you not? It's Peter Parker. Pete. <laughs> For real. Um, and so. All the um, reason we shouldn't be talking about Anna. I, come on. Stop it. It's, so now Peter has a female, um, companion. Who was in a bunker for what? 13 years? 10, 13 years around there? A long time. No, knows nothing of the real world other than she saw on television. Um, and now that she's out, she is loving it. She's aloof. She's, she throws herself into the thick of things and she's, she, she's not the think, the, the deliberator that Peter is. Peter wants to assess the situation and take all the mental notes and blah, blah, blah. And you know, Peter, a lot of things don't get done. Um, <laughs> Cindy gets things done. She gets it done, all right. She does. Um, Jonah has found new life as a television that's, personality. Yeah, that was, that's one of my favorites. Um, ah, it's a scream. It's uh, very he, apropos. A, a very mo a modern take. It makes a lot of sense, I think. Yes. Oh yeah. And the, so Jonah, for him to 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 stand there and announce to the world who Spider Man is, only to be standing. In, in the camera's line of sight. Yeah, see, I think that was a little bit of a stretch because, I mean, as a, as a reader of a sequential, you know, art form, we see what the, uh, the creators want us to see. But you mean to tell me that you in, in a, in a room-like situation with all those characters there that no one saw Peter's face? Give me a break. Mm -hmm. Come on. Eh, there, you know, suspension and all that. There were characters in 360 degrees all around him, and nobody saw his face. True, oh, because Cindy's quick. She is. She's fast, in other words. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and no, it's and there's rumors, and I hope they come true that she's going to get her own series when all is said and done. I that'd be cool. I, I would prefer a, a, a Spider Gwen series, but yes, but. So I would think, I. I think we're more likely to get a Silk series because it's in the 616, right? So. Well, in the, well, we don't know what the fallout for, um, Edge is going to be. We can, we can, like, how long did Spider Girl last? Ah, that's true, especially because. Yeah. And Miles is in all new X-Men, right? Yeah, yeah. And exactly. And, and we've been introduced to Spider Gwen in an issue, so we don't, to your point, it's possible some of these characters could be quote unquote stranded on our Earth. So you you know what's going to happen uh, when Mayday enters the picture? I'm gonna lose it. <laughs> I, yeah, I am going to. Yeah, I'm yeah. Lose it. They should really bring Sal in to do a cover, Ron, or Ron even and Sal. Ron and Sal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That, that'd be awesome. But just excitement. I'm so enthusiastic about this series. I, I want it all. And I want it now. That's where I am with this. I want it the, all. The, the <laughs> each issue I read just amps it up more like the the superior issues were fantastic and i thought this is a cool mechanism but the edge stuff is just bzz, the electricity mm -hmm. is just it's charging i i think they have a real winner with this now here's the interesting thing and i mentioned this on the show a few weeks ago when i read the interview uh i'm surprised by the first by what we've seen so far in the sense that it's very auto-centric because i told you that i read an interview with slot and Axel. Yes. And they made the point that Dan was totally set on doing this and then 
they convinced him that it had to be Peter, that Peter had to be back Uh to to do this event and that it couldn't be Otto. And because originally Slot was planning on it being Otto and and then bringing Peter back after all this. And so with that in mind, I was quite surprised by the fact that thus far it's it's been auto spearheading the plan here um so i don't know again whether at some point between what we're reading which theoretically takes place months ago and what we're going to get in the actual event is going to change but i do get the sense that it would be hard to imagine Otto not having a role here now because um, he he's at the center of it i don't know he's, he's at the center of it now and when you get to the end of Edge of Spider-Verse number two, it says Gwen comes back in Amazing 9. Amazing 6 came out last week. So we have a couple of months before we see Gwen again. And because we know Otto makes it back to his present time before issue 20, so he's not going to stay in the future or sliding through time forever. Uh... I'm guessing that he may put things in motion or do as much as he can before he is back in in the present. Right, like uh, right. And that's, that's when Peter. Yeah, it's because up. you've got your body back. And right, here's what right. you need to do type of thing. Right, right. One of the things that uh, we didn't mention was the the reason that Otto is spearheading this event so far is that he is saving the the spider totems of all these different um, universes or d- dimensions and uh, marshalling a force to battle uh, the inheritors I think they're called right the Morlin and, and Kano and, and the, 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 the eaters and and- yeah the eaters of the spider totem he, he's marshalling forces to, to battle these people um, and the best part uh, one of the best parts for me was Anyone familiar with the Spider-Man 2099 series back in the day knows that Miguel uh, had a digital gal Friday. Now, yes, and but, <laughs> what? But what? Seriously, the part that got me in issue 33. What? That, that, that was them feels, bro. That was when he when he he skips out. When he, when he needs some air and he's like, listen, I gotta, I, I gotta go think things through. And he dips out on, on the other spiders and he's talking to Anna. Yes. And, say and he says, Just call me Otto. He, yes. Oh, that was awesome. Says, wasn't I've it? never heard her say Ooh. my name. And she says, Otto. And I was just like, you son of a bitch. I, got- I was over him. I was like, I loved Otto. As Spider-Man, this is perfect. I don't want the series to end. The series ended. Peter's back. Everything's great and rosy. And and now Otto's back for these couple of issues. And he's a dick initially because he is because he knows how to he knows another word for a six-armed man. And the other guy's walking away like well, you don't have to be a dick about it. And, <laughs> yeah, and it's like and he's yeah. Otto. He's fucking Otto. And you want to strangle the son of a bitch. And then he he he's alone with his little holographic friend. And he says that. And I was just like you fucker. That's the magic of Dan Slott. Oh. Otto has Otto of all characters. I know. I know. You're right. I, I thought that page was amazing. Love that page. Um, and, and so things are, are coming to a head, and it's going to begin in Edge of Spider-Verse. It's mm-hmm. only two issues. So far. 
No, Edge of Spider-Verse proper, I think, is only two issues, isn't it? And then but there's a lot. It'll happen in Superior. You mean, mean Spider-Verse. That's what, uh, yeah, yeah. Spider-Verse. There's so many things. Spider-Verse is two issues. Okay. Which is nice. We don't have to buy a shit ton of books. True. Right. Other than, other than the stuff we're already buying yeah. now. But, and there's a, there's a Spider-Verse team up series. Mm-hmm. You, know, you gotta expect it. But, uh, as I said to David again, I said, we all know that this event was conceived to make us buy as many books as possible. The, the, nobody's pulling the wool over our eyes. We've been reading comics forever. The the thing that they want us to do is buy it all. But so that said, it doesn't seem to me so far that any of these issues have been extraneous. There's really nothing that says, ah, oh, damn, that was a cash cow, that, that, that cash grab. That that wasn't. We really didn't need that. So far, it's all been pretty much crucial. To, to getting the, the, the feel, the vibe, the, the information necessary to go into this event. And even though it is, uh, a, a, um, merchandising marketing thing by Marvel, I don't feel bad because it's damn good. Right. You know, this isn't Inferno where, you know, some of it was good, some of it was questionable. Th- th- this has all been really good so far. So I'm cool with it. I'm cool with spending the money. Mm, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and it again, it's always tough to. I mean, you're comparing it to Inferno. I, it, you have the benefit of 2020 hindsight there of having seen the totality and saying some of it wasn't good. We don't yeah. know yet if this is all good, and I frankly suspect that some of the tie-in stuff won't be all that special. I'm I'm not planning on reading some of it, so. I, I, I disagree. I think it's all going to be great. <laughs> well, because <laughs> you're in love right now, but I'm saying, I, so uh, you know, I just think that. Uh, Slow so roll a little bit on the totality thing because we've only gotten a couple issues and we haven't even gotten to the main event yet. But I do have high hopes for the main event. I do think it's uh, it's it's shaping up to be quite good. So, and if Dustin Weaver's listening, do uh, David and myself and and I'm sure a whole mess of other people a favor and that double page spread. Take the word balloons and the dialogue and the, the captions off that yeah, and, 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 and put that on your Tumblr as, as wallpaper because that was gorgeous, that double page. Yeah. It, it was amazing. The whole issue was He's amazing. He's a beast. Yeah. He did the Spider-Man uh, X-Men mini, didn't he? From a couple did years he? ago? He did I, he did I, some I mean, of he Hickman's did. Avengers books. He brought us back Starbrand. Yeah. Right. He did the – I mean yeah. he did S.H.I.E.L.D. He did it, it, yes, he did yeah. S.H.I.E.L.D. He is oh. – he is – he's – when you, Jason, tell me if I'm wrong when you finally read the third issue of the mini, but he is, <laughs> he is the love child of John Byrne, John Romita Jr. Uh, I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. uh, definitely the, on the Byrne side for sure. Yeah. I, I think he's ridiculous. I, I, we've never met him at a con. At least I haven't. Um, no, I guess he doesn't do many, but, but, uh, I, I would love to own some of his art. I don't know if he works digitally or not. I don't. I certainly don't think he's, his art is out there for consumption because I would know in terms of having a rep. So maybe he sells it himself, though. I don't know. Yep. But uh, in uh, the uh, Spider-Verse 3, this uh, Spider-Man is uh, Aaron Aikman, is it? Yes. And uh, he has uh, cybernetic parts and really, really enjoys being the Spider-Man. Yes. 
um, and there's uh, threats and it's um, super tight. The artwork is is disturbingly tight. It's amazing. Like I could never conceive of uh, laying down like all these lots. in his workshop and he got the motorcycle and all the old yeah. armor and oh my god, dude! It's like he just, I'm he thinking doesn't know how to it in. It's like it's yeah. like it's just it's insane because he's this this Spidey is is hopping around the city all over the place and and there's no. There's no skimping on on the buildings and the backgrounds and and even I mean when when he comes across an enemy the enemy is like all teched out it's like dude you yeah. don't need to draw every goddamn wire plugged into it's it's just it's nuts it is okay. it's it's great and yeah and I will say I told I you know I sent this as 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 a message to you guys before and I'm like I I I felt severely gypped because that cover is the same fucking image as as the title splash page and i was like that's bullshit this is 1950s dc this is in gold key we don't you know make the cover but then you get through the issue and there's two pages in particular where my i'm just like i forget everything i said a few pages back because jason he uses the front and back of the old marvel skybox marvel cards as as yeah. a storytelling device, so you get, nice. you, you get an idea of who some of the foes uh, Spider Man has met, and it's I mean it's like their first appearance, their powers, their group affiliations, and everything, and it's just like I'm like that's slick. He's not it's, <laughs> the number of times they won, the number of times they lost. There's no, you know, it's not like it's not like Aaron thinking about this or or a narrator telling us what happened. It's just. It's a trading card and, and this is, and it's just as if you had it in your hand and we're reading it. And it's, and what was cool is that, um, there's a word balloon on one of the covers as if the trading card could actually talk, but it was just, it, he, it's no, and even there, there's, there are little panels on some of the pages where they move the story along. There's no, no captions, no word balloons, nothing. There's no words being said in the panels. It might just be Aaron turning his head, but Weaver is using Every part of the page he can to, to tell this story. It's, it, it's yeah, a beautiful issue. Tough. As much as we absolutely loved Spider Gwen, and I don't, I look at, at the Spider-Man in this issue, and this isn't necessarily a Spider-Man that I'd be behind or I'd want to read about every month. It's like the, the one, it's like the the Spider-Man from uh, from the anthology book from a few years back, where it's it's uh, like Spider Clan that Scotty drew, oh, right. and, and wrote, or you know, just just those kind of where it's like I don't know if I really want to read about this particular like Spider Monkey or Spider Man from India every month, but because Assassin's of the Assassin Spider Man, I want to hear about more, but yeah, but because of the of the love Weaver had, just just the amount of work he put into this issue, it's I. Respect. I I want to read and see more of this world of this character, yeah. just because of what Weaver is putting on the page. Nice. Well, unlike Ace, I wouldn't mind seeing this character maybe annually. Yeah, you know, like like a one shot uh, annual or a summer thing. That would be cool, just to get a you know an update every year. You know, they I they would have they would probably if. Take him that long to draw the damn issue. When this is done, when when everything shakes out and whoever whoever's alive by the time this is over, they would have my money, no doubt about it, if they came out with a, a Spider-Verse annual anthology every year. I, or, or the old Justice League quarterlies. I, I would I would be there in a heartbeat. Yeah, or a monthly. Uh, 
Spider-Man Monthly. With all these characters every month. We really only have two spider books now. And at the height of Spider-Man's popularity, I think there was five, wasn't there? There was three, well, four with Marvel Tales, because there was, there was Spidey, Spectacular, and Marvel Team-Up, and then when Marvel Team-Up ended, it became Web. But there was Marvel Tales, which reprinted the old shit. But wasn't there a time when it was amazing? Right. Spe- spectacular, yep. Web, the, um, McFarlane, just Spider-Man, and then there was Unlimited too. No, which I, wasn't don't, a- I don't think those overlapped. Really? Yeah, I don't think so. I'm thinking Web was still published when I don't know. I, I'll, we have to look at the numbers, but I'm I, for some reason I'm thinking Web was still being published when McFarlane left Amazing. Mm, so I mean, that, I'm so not that, saying you're wrong. I just don't remember it that way, but it doesn't mean that that's the right. But it would be cool to have another Spider Monthly. I don't want ten of them. <laughs> Sounds like you do. <laughs> well. Uh, but like three or four would be nice. You know, keep, keep, um, amazing a monthly. I don't like the double shipping. Yeah. We don't want to burn uh, a slot out. Right. And, and give us, well, I didn't say slot couldn't write the new ones. You know, that'd be cool. Just give him the spider verse. Hmm. all and let Dan slot write it. Not the, the other guys are doing great, but slots the man. See, I don't know. I, I don't, I mean, for me, the, the big draw of the Spider-Man issue is that Jason wrote it. The tour. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, to me. Oh, it was great. So yeah. I, I'd like, to, if we're going to do an anthology or a third book that's going to have the other characters, I, I think when you're doing, if you're, if, if the book is going to be focused on the, the secondary and tertiary characters, particularly if they're from other parts of the, the multiverse, I, I'm, I'm cool with it being a, more of a playground where different creators that have a hot story to tell that right. can go to can go to the the spider office and say hey th- th- I got this story with these characters it, it's gonna it's a two issue idea what do you think and they said cool let's let's do that in November December of in this book where they could just if they have something that's passionate and cool and and not necessarily steeped in continuity they have a, a playground to do that and then they can bounce out that I would yeah. that would well- appeal to me. Um, I don't know how commercially appeal, appealing that is these days, but but I would that be the kind of thing I'd be digging. Well, based on what we've seen in the in the uh, second issue, if they do do a Spider Gwen ongoing, you gotta have Latour write it. Gotta, gotta oh stay. yeah, you, yeah. You, you have to. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I would say just make the anthology like Marvel Comics presents, where you you just alternate only the, with oh. the really good artists and writers all the time. Right, right, right. But too. but I mean, if if um, if uh, if Oh well, I, dude, what was the um Vince? The was it Dark Horse? The um, oh crap, we didn't get to talk about it yet. But every it was nine issues, or it started, you know, the, the first nine issues, the three different stories. Catalyst. Thank you. They you had for the first three issues, you had the one dude that was the lead in, and then so everybody flipped around. But I would, you know, you don't need to have. I, we could have Spider Gwen front and center every month, but you don't, you know, you could, if, if one of the other analogs is, has, has a bigger story to tell, then, then that's the one that, uh, that gets the cover treatment. Yeah. They all say anthologies don't sell. Well, Dark Horse has proven. Oh yeah. That wrong, dependent on the creators. But if you, if Marvel starts a Spider anthology, 
and the first half of the book is Spider-Gwen, a little bit of Silk in there. Maybe you get somebody to do a Black Cat story one month or, uh, you know, a, a Mayday story another month. Why won't that sell? Of course it's going to sell. Yeah. I just love anthology. We all love anthologies. Yeah, we're, we're not representative of the of the general audience when it comes to anthologies because we're all big fans of it. So, yeah, I would love to see Marvel Comics Presents again. I mean, I know that would be a stretch, um, but it would be cool. See, I think that would be something that would be great to see on the web. A digital mm. version of that, I think, would be perfect because you can use it like like the Marvel tryout your book used to be. Mm. Get get creators to 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 pu- pu- publish their wares there without the risk of uh, of the commercial risk of having to have it as a published book in the direct market and let it go from there. DC's doing a nice job with that. We 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 don't we don't talk about that a lot, but but the DC's doing a great job with their digital books and uh, creating their own audience for for those those books standalone from everything that's being printed, and many of them are then getting reprinted, but. But I, I think there's that's an area where Marvel should and and needs to improve is its its digital only uh, offerings. I think they're a little bit behind the eight ball there, and I think that an anthology or a tryout book or, or something like that would be a perfect place to do that. That's because they're making too much money in the direct market. Well, I don't know. Yeah, it's all cheddar. <laughs> but yeah, and as a businessman, I I bow to your knowledge, and you probably are right. It would be a really good business decision to do that because then you can always publish collections physically later, right? Like DC, like DC does. Yeah. yeah. But um, one last thing, oh, because we've we've chewed up an hour on Spider-Man. Yeah. Wrong with that. Um, big tip of the hat to to everyone involved in this uh, Spider Verse thing because they're creating new characters and that's that's the the lifeblood of mainstream books is yes we're we love all these old familiar characters but to keep things fresh you got to bring in some new blood and dance lot so far and latour and and they've they've created new characters and they're they're all hitting they are silk Spider Gwen, Kano, like this is just great stuff. I can't wait and to see Peter Porker. He's gonna show up. Yeah, he's in you it. know he's he in it for sure. Yeah. That's gonna be amazing. Ah, there's that word again. <laughs> Alright. So I mean if you didn't get the gist yet, restart reading Spider Man now. Because uh, you will be rewarded with great comics. And and that's not a word uh, I'm going to use lightly, or, or there's no hyperbole. These are really great comics so far. Mm-hmm. And if it's not clear to people, uh, I think it's important to say you can jump into the issues we just discussed without being a quote-unquote Spider-Man reader on the regular. Because mm-hmm. I read Spider-Man far more intermittently than you guys do and uh, kind of read it in bursts. And I definitely think so from that perspective. There's no reason you couldn't pick up Superior Spider-Man 32 and then go from there and be totally fine. They set you up. They give you the backstory. They give you the relevant tidbits of, of what you may have quote unquote missed and you can go from there. So. Okay. Just one more thing. <laughs> now, now we, we're aware that there are a multitude of, um, realities and each one of them seems to have a Spider-Man. So that would lead one to believe that all these multitude of realities have a green goblin as well right how about that wouldn't that be cool 
waves and waves of green goblins from across the multiverse just ah i want i want to see that i want to see that thomas say just think about it too that means that there's waves and waves of speed balls somewhere and venoms and deadpools and that I mean, and gold it balls it's just, this is i mean marvel hasn't really been huge on the multiverse like dc was uh well, has been in the past. It'd be nice to to have a bunch of different universes in in Marvel all vying for attention. That that would be fun to see. That'd be cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, and and Hickman's certainly building to that, right? I mean, that's what yep. that's what we're his his big blow off Avengers event is seemingly leading to is how we we come to conclude this this thing that he's been dealing with with the powers that be in the Illuminati having to make very very difficult moral decisions. In the mm-hmm. name of protecting our Earth. So, we'll probably get a bit of that. Reed has a beard. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not named Sue. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, see, that's the thing that's souring me already on this, is that Reed and Sue are apparently on the outs. They're, they're, they've been, they're estranged for some reason. Yeah, because that's never been done before. I know, but I hate to see that. You, you, you don't mess with the family, the first family anyway. Well, right. But David is right. The amazing is now the flagship Marvel title. It always wasn't, <laughs> but it is now. <laughs> it always wasn't for for the seven, eight, ten months. Fantastic Four was the only right, book now. Marvel put out. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's move on. What what else have you been reading? Jason was relatively quiet during the spider talk. Relatively. So let's hear what you got. I've been reading. It's been one of those things where we've been on a roll here with different types of episodes and we rarely plan things. And last week we had a great thematic discussion and uh, I've been doing a ton of reading and it's just been building up where I take these little notes for things I want to talk about and mention. And, and it's, 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 my notes look like my Regina pile now, where, where there's so many things that I have not mentioned that that uh, I, I wanted to mention in some way. Um, before we jump off the Marvel thing, because most of the things I have jotted down here are not Marvel things outside of the Spider books, uh, I did want to send a special shout out to uh, our our good friend and uh, and an artist, uh, Mark Lamming, because I caught up on uh, the All New Invaders. And he did the two issues, was it six and seven or, I think it was six and seven, right? I, I don't remember if it was six and seven or seven, I eight. I believe so. That yeah. Steve Pugh did not do. Right. Mm-hmm. And this may be sacrilege to some, but I, I, I prefer Mark's art to, to Steve's, which is no, not a condemnation of, of Pugh's art. I think it looks quite good in this series. Um, and I thought that the two issues he did, which were an original sin tie-in, Introducing us to a character named Radiance, who is a, in, in a lot of ways, and they even make this analogy in the book, she, she's essentially a Japanese dazzler. She's got light powers. She also is a, a huge pop star. She's coming to the United States to affect her U.S. launch from a marketing standpoint. But she is the granddaughter of a character from the World War II era. And is presented via the original sin conceit, uh, a realization that makes her extremely angry and the all new invaders have to step in. And I just thought it was a terrific two issue tie in. And while I admittedly haven't read all of the original sin tie in books, this was one that I thought 
didn't detract or feel completely disconnected from the the ongoing book which often happens right when these when these books have to do tie-ins oftentimes it almost feels like they literally have to hit the emergency break and whatever the story they were telling give you an issue or two of something that's completely unrelated to what you've been reading and then thrust you back i thought these two issues were far more seamless than that and i and quite enjoyable on their own so gotta give a shout out for for those um, I don't know if you guys are current on that book, but yes, totally agree. I think um, Mr. Lamming did himself proud because uh, Steve Pugh is not an easy act to follow, right, for sure. And, and um, well, I don't want to take sides, but I think um, Mark's work was better. Some say, some say, yeah, it was. And, you know, I, it's just our programming. Whenever I see Steve's work, I'm looking for Grimjack <laughs> every time, and. <laughs> no, um, and to say, you know, he, he is one of the greats and you're Mark Laming on the, the rise and you're doing yourself damn proud next to one of the, one of the greats. That's, that's amazing. That's just, uh, he's, I don't think he knows how talented he is yet. Let's just not tell him because then we won't be able to get him on the show. That's this is true. And we, and we do want him here. Yeah, definitely. Um, have to give a huge shout out to, uh, Multiversity Society of Superheroes. Yes. Which is the next issue in Morrison's Grand Tale, uh, written again by Morrison with art by frequent collaborator, um, Chris Sprouse, uh, most, most notably their collaboration on, on Tom, uh, oh no, 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 that wasn't Morrison, that was Alan Moore. Uh, I, I should say the, I, when I think of Chris Sprouse, I think of, of Tom Strong first. And Me first. too. Yep. Um, but, but Morrison and Sprouse make a heck of a great tandem here. And this, I, I, the name of the earth escapes me. I didn't commit that to memory, but, but this is a decidedly different take than what we got in the first issue of Multiversity. You've got, uh, the Society of Superheroes, which is Dr. Fate. Uh, the Immortal Man, who was uh, otherwise known as uh, what's the name of the? I can't think of his name now. I should have written it down. Um, the 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 caveman who uh, Anthra. Yeah, Anthra. Thank you. Yeah. So now he goes by the Immortal Man in this in this uh, Earth. You've got the Atom. You've got Lady Blackhawk and her Blackhawks, and mm. then you've got <laughs> which which was really cool. You've got Abin Sur, yes. who. I'm sure most people know is, is the predecessor to Hal Jordan as Green Lantern is the ring that Hal Jordan gets Abin Sur's ring. That's, that's who he gets it from. But in this universe, Abin Sur is still the Green Lantern of, of that quadrant. And he looks like a devil, quite literally. With devil horns. Yeah. He's, yeah. Got, he's got red devil horns and, and he looks very much like, like a biblical Judeo Christian devil. Um, so it's pretty cool. And they, they form a, a, a team to combat evil. And in particular, uh, not dissimilar to the what's going on in the Hickman Avengers books now at Marvel, there are converging Earths, and mm-hmm. the Earth that is converging with theirs is uh, got its own superpowered people, and Vandal Savage is the leader of a uh, an army, and he's got lieutenants including Blockbuster and Lady Shiva, and they have to do battle against them. So this was much more. Conventional action-packed superheroism, uh, I think by design, and was awesome. Sprouse, yep. it's, it's Sprouse's 
tremendously gifted. Uh, I, I, I wish we saw more Chris Sprouse art. I, I, every time I see it, I'm always thinking, man, why don't we, I wish he did stuff more frequently or at least stuff I, that I'm aware of. We should really dip into Tom Strong again because I think it's one of the best series in the past mm, couple decades. It's just a really, really And I've tight... read almost no Tom Strong, so I'd be down Oh, it's so good. All right. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. Um, and then you get the Johnny Future that Art Adams drew. Oh, my God. Dude. Yeah. You, you, we, we need to go to right. one of these states. For sure. Yeah. And then just some but, quick hits and, and I'll mention them and then you guys chime in for any of the ones that you've read and have thoughts on. Uh, a bunch of image books that have been building up. Um, uh, I guess we'll start with, uh, with the remainder bunch, which is to say Black Science number seven and eight, uh, by, by Rick and Mateo Scalera. This is the first two issues of the second arc of the book. Um, it's it's starts off unsurprisingly in another dimension. They've done another dimension hop, but time has passed since the end of the first arc, and we don't know how much time. We don't know what, if anything, has happened in between these things. Did they go to other dimensions? This is the next dimension that they hopped from. Um, but what's notable here is that Kadir is the unlikely hero uh, so far in the first two issues, and. What I love about it is this is Remender at his best. He's crafting Kadir into a three-dimensional person, uh, which is in stark contrast to the way we're introduced to him in the first arc, which is this mustache-twisting villainous industrialist um, that that seems very two-dimensional as the as the person that's easy to blame here. And then Remender just flips the script, and now all of a sudden Kadir is the sympathetic uh, hero. That's keeping the group alive and you get a sense of his motivations. And as with any real human, people can be evil. They can be good, but they have facets to their, to themselves and they're capable of, of, of both sides of that spectrum. So I loved that. Um, and Scalera's art. What can I say? You guys know I'm a huge fan. I, I, I own a lot of his art. I, I just think he's fantastic. I just, uh, I, I always marvel at his stuff. Um, did you guys read? The first issue of Copperhead? Not yet. It's, no, not yet. Okay, so I won't go in deep there, but it's by Jay Fairber, who is, it's great to see Jay back in comics. Um, he makes the bulk of his living these days as a very successful television writer. So I'm guessing, um, I'm guessing he probably is, is, is financially better off doing what he's doing, but, but I know that, uh, he was a very passionate, when we started the show, I think was probably the last time he was doing a lot of comics. He was doing Noble Causes. Um, he was doing Dynamo Five. Uh, Mahmoud. Mach, which yes. is when we first met, met and heard of Mahmoud. Um, so he's back with an artist named Scott Gudluski, who I do not know prior to this. I don't know if you guys are aware of him. I don't, I don't know if he's done other comics work, but this is the first I've seen of him. And it's a fairly, Simple story, and again, I won't go into details or spoilers here because you guys haven't read it, but in essence, this is Wagon Train in Space. Or, ah, or it, Battlestar. Yeah, and, 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 and Fairber in the, the back matter of the first issue opens up by saying, listen, the, the story you just read and you're going to continue to read, hopefully, is not, I'm not breaking new ground here. Uh, it's a, it's a familiar trope that I've always been enamored with and this is my take on it. And he, which is music to my ears and it will be to David's as well, his goal here is to give us Deadwood in space. 
Oh, and oh, I, oh. again, David and I both love that series. It, it ended way too prematurely, and I, I just that's music to my ears. So great first issue. Uh, Clara Bronson and her son Zeke are coming to a, a, a an outlawed an, an outlawed desert like mining planet where she is the new sheriff, and uh, hijinks ensue from there. I'll leave it at that. Um, go ahead. I made the mistake of passing on that. Oh, how come? For, for, no, because I was I was at the shop, and oh. um, I'm looking around. I page through it. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll I'll come back to that. And by the time I I perused all of the stacks, I had a lot of books, and I didn't go back to get that. And I tried to rectify my mistake by calling the next day. All gone. Oh, uh, okay. They, they sold out all of their mm. copies. Well, it's uh, it it's definitely worth your time, even if it's just via the, the digital. Copies that we are so graciously provided by Image, but right, right. But you know, you know what? It, it just makes good business sense to order every Image number it one. Does. That is true. It does because even if, even if it doesn't click with it with you, it's going to with someone else, and you'll be able to turn it around for at least what you paid for. Yeah, That's sure. the way. Uh, yeah. Now the jaw dropping moment of the month for me was Ooh. the last few pages of Southern Bastards number four. Oh, I didn't read it yet. What? Yet. Oh my god! I know. Yeah. How have you guys not read that yet? What? <sighs> oh my <laughs> god! Oh no! Okay, well, well, Jason Aaron and Jason Latour, Southern Bastards, issue number four is the end of the first arc, and as I shouldn't have been surprised because Aaron is such an awesome writer, but the the. After the, I read the last page, I, I texted Latour and I said, that page though, I said, oh, I can't believe that just happened. So it, it, it is phenomenal. It's a phenomenal did ending. You, did you buy it? The page? He, no, I don't, he doesn't sell his, he doesn't sell his work. Oh no. So at least not direct. I, yeah, I haven't had the chance to own his stuff. Uh, so, I mean, I have a, he's drawn a killer nightcrawler for me, but not, no, he doesn't. He holds on to his stuff. Um, like Somni. Yeah, yeah. Um, how about Low? Right, Vince, you got to be caught up with Low. Uh, oh, what is going on with you guys? You're all too busy I, reading Spider-Man. Jesus. It's, it's true, but you know, in my, just to, in, to save some cred, I did read a Greg Tocchini, um book the past week. Rewritten. And it also it reread it, yeah. For the third time, uh, and it was written by Remender, and that is Last Days of American Crime. Which is amazing. It's amazing. Uh, I, I think it's beyond that. It is so tightly plotted. The, the story is so engrossing. And Tocchini, I would slaughter a small village to be able to make art like that. Well, yes. so low number three came out. We've discussed one and two before on the show. Um this is more uh, – it's a continuation of the first arc, so in a sense more of the same. But this is shaping up to be a very adult, very sophisticated version of Wally. Wow. You know, the, the, they, they're living in a, in an environment where pollution has, has ruined the earth. They um, – whereas in Wally, they're all just fat and happy living obliviously in this – they're not fat, not happy, and think they're all about to die because they're running out of. They've been recycling the air that was left for a thousand or so years, but but that's quickly coming to an end. A la the the Krypton, 
drill type of thing. They, 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 they know their time is, 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 is quite limited. Um, and then a, 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 they had sent out millennia before tons and tons of, 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 of beacons into the far reaches of space in hopes of that one of them would find an inhabitable earth or rather an inhabitable planet for, for humanity to, to move to. And, and, and they've long since given up on, on that notion because none of the beacons ever came back and said they found anything. Well, lo and behold, a beacon comes back and, uh, and, and is sitting on the top of the earth surface saying we found a planet and most of the powers that be in this world are, give two shits. They don't believe it. They don't, they don't want to risk looking into the beacon and, and having to go up to the, to the surface of the earth, they're just content to live out what they consider the end of humanity in this, in this Bacchanalia. But a few people are more determined than that and, and, and want to see if there's anything to it. And this issue brings a number of the characters we were introduced to in the first two issues together on essentially the start of what I'm, I'm guessing will be a multi-issue quest to go find this beacon and see if there's any legitimacy to the idea of being able to, to find a new planet to live. So, just and, and as has been the case with Tokini in each issue, um, plenty of, of flesh pressed in his book. Nice, uh, very very raw stuff going on, sexy stuff. He he's he does, has a way with the women. He's very he, erotic. He, he can draw some very erotic things uh, when he's. But, but like many artists that are known for a certain female body type, he likes some tight, uh, trim, and small breasts. It's true. That's, it is true. that's okay with me. Mm-hmm. I don't mind that. Yeah, like there, there's one scene in, in Last Days of American Crime, and it's a really disturbing scene where this um, uh, crime lord is trying to get information out of a, a black man, and he's got his woman there, and he's got a, you know, she's she's nude, so you can just assume what happened. She is fine, and he's beating the crap out of her to get information from her her husband, and her husband won't budge. Uh, and he ends up, you know, shooting her in the back of the head, but the body language and the, the way her back is arched, I mean, it's erotic, mm-hmm. but it's disturbing because he's, a, he's beating the crap out of a woman. It's, it should not be a titillating sequence at all. Right. But just the way Tocini draws and his line is so sensual. Oh my God. I wish, I wish I had that. And just for the sake of clarity, I would slaughter a small village of robots. You know, nice. I don't want to kill any people. Robots. Nice. Now my last image shout out and then I will see the floor. You. I will see the Ooh. floor. And like I said, it's been building up and I have to get these out because they're all worth people's attention. Uh, the Wicked and the Divine number four. Uh, I have been in love with this book from Jump, as you guys know. Uh, and I say this with an important caveat. Um, I, I know, uh, McKelvey and, and Galen, I've met them. Ron, Ron is good friends with them. We've had the privilege of, uh, of meeting them socially a few times. They're great guys. And, and I have liked some of their work, but I have never been all that passionate about their prior creator owns efforts, probably because I'm not into the music that they're into. So things like phonogram haven't really resonated with me. And again, in no way is that a condemnation of the quality of the work, but it never just, it wasn't the kind of thing that, that pulled me in. But for some reason, this book to me feels like their, their magnum opus. It, it, it's been so, I, I called the first issue the perfect first issue. I, I did think it was probably the best first issue I'd read in a long time. And I think it just continues from here. Um, uh, the, the, the setup as a reminder to people is that, uh, in this world, 12 gods 
are reincarnated in the vessels of normal humans every 90 years and then they live for two years and then they all die again and the cycle is repeated. So somewhat of a kind of like a Ragnarok, I guess, but, but on the earth's it, but, but, but among humanity. And for the most part, given our society, these, these gods are viewed by most as not truly immortal, but more like a pop culture phenomenon. Um, and then one of them, Lucifer, uh, or at least they think Lucifer, uh, kills somebody using, uh, incendiary powers, which sends everybody into a frenzy, begin to think, wait, maybe they really do have powers. Um, so Lucifer's in jail though for the, for the crime, but, but it's, it's, she contends and many others contend she didn't do it. And so she sets about a young, uh, pretty, a pretty young girl who is, uh, somewhat of a, a groupie, a hero worshiper. She is set on task of essentially trying to figure out who done it and is interacting with the other, uh, the other pantheon throughout the, the series. And in this one, we, we meet Baal, um, and we we actually meet or see for the first time uh, where the Pantheon meet together. And we get some clues about whether or not Lucifer really has done it. Uh, and let's just say that by the end of the issue, the code with which they've all agreed to, which is to never use their powers against human beings or in the presence of humans, is completely out of the, out the door. Which leads me to believe that that in the subsequent issues, all hell's about to break loose, no pun intended. So, uh, I just, I just think this is, they're clicking here and it's really resonating with me. And, uh, I, I'm assuming the first arc wraps up in the next issue or two because we just got through four and y'all gotta, for those of you that aren't buying the singles here, they are hard to find from what I understand. You, you, you need to get up on the collected edition, uh, which I assume is solicited this month, I'm guessing, but, uh, so, so good. Nice. I'll see the floor back to y'all. Hmm. I am up to the third issue. On the oh, cool. Divine, so I haven't, um. Now the third issue is a little wonky. Yeah, it's, that's why I started it and I'm like, I'm not getting the same feeling that I had with the first two. Yeah, it's, no, and I agree with that. And I don't, I don't think we talked about the third issue, but I will tell you that the fourth is a big bounce back. I thought the third was a little weird because they're in that club and, and there's the three different, there's the one god that keeps changing her appearance. Right. But it doesn't, I don't think it's clear at first that that's happening. So first you're reading it and you're like, well, who's this and why, where did this one come from? And you realize, I think by the end of the issue, you realize that it's one God and she can, she has, she manifests different. She is many gods in the sense that her, the, the being has multiple personalities and each personality is representative of different God. And she looks, she manifests herself to look differently based on which God's personality is, is, is inhabiting her. But I think that issue is a little bit less effective from a storytelling standpoint because of, of the shape-shifting. Um, because, you know, uh, he's a very realistic – he's a very singular weight to his lines and he's a very realistic illustrator, I think. Right. And so I, I think the the fantastical shape-shifting is not necessarily his strong suit. But the fourth issue to me is is – one, two, and four, I think, are crowning achievements. I would agree with you. Third is a little, a little bit haphazard. So. Okay. All right. So, what else y'all got? Hmm. David, you feel like going? Because I got a chunky one. You got a chunky one. Go ahead. Well, one of the reasons why I haven't read 
a whole lot of stuff is because I uh, mass-consumed Conan. Nice. You mean my boys, my 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 cousins, Conan? Cousin? No, not your cousins, Conan. Oh. No. Um, and I have a I have a, a tiny teeny issue with that, but I I'm behind obviously in Conan, and uh, I have not read any of the, well, up until now of the Conan the Sumerian issue uh, series that was written by Tim Truman. And I read zero to seven. Uh, illustrated by Thomas Giarello and somebody else. More on that in a little while. Uh, color art was by Jose Villarubia. Richard Starkings did the letters. Um, and of course it's published by Dark Horse Comics. Um, to, to, one of the things about Conan that I love is Robert E. Howard was really deliberate in, uh, partitioning Conan's life into really different and like distinct phases uh he was a thief and a wanderer then he went to be a mercenary the whole pirate freebooter thing then he was a border raider a scout and eventually we know he became king of aquilonia so this series uh conan the sumerian the first arc uh which comprises the 99 cent zero issue which is always a good move Right up to issue seven, um, Conan is coming back to Samaria. It's uh, after the uh, early adventures like the Tower of the Elephant, the God in the Bowl, the Frost Giant's Daughter, the stuff that we encountered in the Kurt Busiek series. With Remember with Carrie Nord? Yes. But before Queen of the Black Coast, and, and that's why I want to say more on that later, uh, and it was really neat because uh, all the covers of these issues, with one exception, were done by Frank Cho. Huh. So gorgeous women's, uh, massively proportioned Conan, and um, just great creatures by, by Cho. You say Frank Cho, and it just conjures up a certain right. mystique. Well, it's all there in the covers, baby, and they're all great. All the women are wearing basically nothing. But G-strings, topless, it, it, they're amazing covers. But I was lucky enough to get the variant cover for the first issue. And do you know who illustrated that? The very first time he ever drew Conan, which I found really hard to believe. But thinking back on it, yeah, it, it, it's, it, it is the case. Joe Kubert did the variant cover for the first huh. issue. And he also did the variants for the Solomon Kane series, which was running concurrently with this, and the Cull series. So, and his Conan's massive and amazing and rugged, and it's Joe Kubert. And so I snagged that 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 variant cover. Um, like these have been sitting in the box for years. Also. I think this I think this series was 2008 or 2009, and I'm just getting to it now. Uh, so this arc is entitled Mark of the Wolf. And it's this really neat mechanism where it's a stories within a story format. Like you have the main story, Conan's coming back to Samaria after three years of adventuring. But the the main tale is intercut with these vignettes featuring another Sumerian wanderer. Um, and here we find that Conan's wanderlust at a temporary ebb. The dude likes to get around. But he's been away from the land of his birth for a, a good spell. 
um, and he's coming back. And chronologically, this this takes place like after um, Frost Giant's daughter, right around that point. Uh, he's braving the icy wilds of of Samaria, and he crosses paths with this pack of the fat Vanier pigs, the the Vanaheim warriors. And he cuts them to ribbons, just slices them to bits. Now, it doesn't even break a sweat, but he leaves this minstrel boy alive to carry on the story to uh, his people. You always got to leave somebody alive for that legend to grow, right? So, it, I mean, the 99 cent issue was cool. Um, Giarello's artwork is fantastic. Everything that I expect out of a Conan artist, great with figures, great with environments, um, the, the, the action is fluid and in your face and very manly and it, there's musk in this book. It's just dripping with that Conan sweat. Uh, the, the sword play looks real to me and, and Conan, um, well, he is a barbarian, right? So he, uh, no quarter. You, you get in his face, he's gonna take you down. Um, so issue one proper, Conan's ambushed, not far from home. He gets pegged, uh, his horse gets pegged by a uh, Vanier arrow. The horse rears up in pain as a horse would do if pierced by an arrow and tosses Conan. And on the way down, he hits his head and he's stunned. And to make matters worse, the horse falls on his legs. So Conan's pinned and in come the Vanier. You know, they're going to finish the deed, but they're spooked by something. They, they, this, this mysterious dude in a cloak he's got one eye he comes out of the mist uh and he supposedly knows of conan and this is where the art gets really interesting the vanier flee leaving the dude with conan and he's like i know you uh and this is where the stories within a story begin because conan's grandfather uh dude goes by the name of name of conact c-o-n-n-a-c-h-t conact Cross paths with this dude and the, the vignettes are illustrated by the great god of comics, Richard Corbin. Oh my god! Corbin drawing Conan, uh, doesn't get any better. Uh, so Conact saves this pair of young boys from death. He, he's, he's doing his thing, wandering through and he sees this woman and these two young boys at the, the hands of the, these bog people. And the woman is all roped up and they're choking her and they chuck her in the bog and she dies. So Conact, who has the same kind of morality, the, the morals as, as Conan does, intercedes, saves the two kids. And they're like, you don't know what you're doing. Uh, but he saves the two kids and they both turn out to be wolf kind. They're werewolves. Uh, you have one kid is fair haired. The other kid's dark haired. One is a sadistic killer. Uh, just loves to just maim and, and eviscerate people just for the hell of it. The other one is, does not have the hunger for human blood at all. And, you know, as the story goes on, we're led to believe that one is, uh, a certain way and the other one is, uh, at odds with the way the brother is, but it, they flip the story at the end. Long story short, uh, Konak saves the uh dark-haired boy and that boy turns out to be this old man that just saved conan he's he's the wolf kind he could turn into a wolf and he commands all the wolves in the area so he he 
you know, jumped in and, and saved Conan. So now Conan is kind of, he, he owes the old dude something. Uh, as the story goes on, the big story, the main story bubbles to the surface. It concerns a Sumerian woman named Kaolan, who was Conan's first, um, woman. She took his virginity. He, he took hers, blah, blah, blah. Uh, first to share his bed. She's on the run. Why? Because, see, her, uh, man, which, uh, his name is Brecken, he's the son of the chief of this northern tribe of Sumerians. Brecken crossed paths with the son of the Aesir chief and killed him. It was like one of those yo mama type things where someone was slighted and the, the Brecken killed him. And so now, in order to keep this peace treaty, between the Aesir and the Sumerians, something's owed to Wolfir, the, the high chief of the Aesir, and they give him Kaolan's hand in marriage. But unfortunately, Kaolan is pregnant with Brecken's uh, baby, and that's not going to go over well with Wolfir. Once he finds out he's going to kill her, the peace treaty is going to be busted, broken, because you know, the debt has not been paid. It's just going to be an ugly situation. And um, so she gives in and says, look, I'll go with this guy. And once she realizes that, oh, shit, I'm pregnant, he's going to kill me, she leaves and eventually runs into Conan. Conan being Conan, steps in and intercedes, and it, it just doesn't end well. <laughs> it just really never goes Conan's way. I mean... Uh, he tries to do the right thing and, and help out this, this woman who he still kind of carries a little bit of a torch for. And, and she returns the favor in one scene. Like, Conan, there, I, I don't think I've ever read a really great Conan stories where he, where he doesn't bed a woman that it's like, he's like Kirk. <laughs> he, he's, he's the barbarian yeah, you're right, Kirk. You're right. He's gotta, gotta bed the, the women. Yep. Um, and it's just, it, the ending is kind of disturbing. But through the whole thing, we get these tales of Conan's grandfather. And so you're getting many, many stories for the price of one, all beautifully illustrated by Corbin and Giarello. Truman knows Conan. His Conan is an intelligent dude. He's crafty. He's he's um, a strategist. Uh, not what you would expect from a barbarian, but this is a more mature Conan. This is not the dude that climbed into the Tower of the Elephant, you know, and almost died because of the, the Lotus. And um, another thing, we get to see Conan's mother in this, Fiala, who knew Conan's grandfather, and she's she tells most of these flashbacks. Uh, and we see a lot of Conan and his grandfather, but the thing that really got me, we see the differences. Like, Conan has that wanderlust like Conan, but he eventually returns to Samaria and he stays. He sticks around and helps out the tribe and they prosper because of it. So what made him return to the land of his birth? You gotta read the damn book. By the way, we, we, we do, we see Fiala in, uh, in Brian Wood's run as well. Yes, we do. But, but see, I, I'll be honest. When you went deep on Brian Wood's run, I said, I gotta read this. Cause I love Conan. I love Robert E. Howard. I did, that. I mean, I grew up, Conan was one of the first books I ever read mm-hmm. with the, the awesome Frazetta covers. That was the thing that roped me in. And I stuck around cause Howard is an, um, 
just an exquisite writer. Um, we do see Conan's mother in Wood's version, but I think that was Becky Cloonan, right? Uh, or James that, Heron. I, yeah, I mean, offhand, I don't remember which is which, but yeah. I think the Conan depicted in Queen of the Black Coast is much too young. Oh, yeah. I mean, I dug the more natural look, but. But if you, I mean, if you go by the chronology, and this is where I was leading before, Queen of the Black Coast is, if you go by the Conan chronologist, Queen of the Black Coast is supposed to happen before Black Colossus. And the story that appears after issue seven of Conan the Sumerian is Black Colossus. So, I mean, what's going on here? They're, they're messing with my head, right? Because, Conan the Sumerian lasted 25 issues and then Brian Wood's run started and his his run lasted 20 some issues so to put Queen of the Black Coast way 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 after Black Colossus it just doesn't it doesn't it's not right but whatever <laughs> I mean it, it you know it worked I'm not saying it was a bad story but that's where I get itsy fartsy about the Conan stuff when you start shuffling the stories that Howard wrote and in the way he wrote them mm-hmm. it's just whatever but um Really tightly woven tale. Nothing is extraneous. Characters from early on appear by the end. You have all the threads tied up by the time you close the cover on that last issue. Really great stuff. Um, like I said, if you're familiar with Robert E. Howard's Conan, you know it's not going to end in, in sunshine and, and singing birds. Um, which is, you know, a necessary evil when you're talking about a time where, you know, the time in which these characters supposedly lived it was rough and it was rugged and and people died easily i mean there wasn't a cvs to run to when your kid you know something happens to your kid or there's not a a, a doctor that's on call these people died all the time um it, it's it's amazing stuff and i when i think of tim truman i think of him as primarily a, an artist because he is a fantastic talent with the pencil, but he is an equally capable writer. He understands Conan. And now I'm, I'm kicking myself for waiting so long to read these because I have what? 20 some more issues of this to read until I get to the Brian Wood stuff and then the new stuff. And I, I'm going to hop ahead to the new stuff, I think, because Fred Van Lenty's writing it. So you know it's wonderful as well. FVL. Yes. And uh, he's been killing it at Valiant too. You know what's yeah, funny? Right. We we talk about the uh, the esoterica of EOC for those few out there that consider themselves eleven o'clock comics historians. <laughs> we we have a yet unfulfilled Fred Van Lenty appearance. Yes, remember it was Fred we Van Lenty had a month. Fred Van Lenty month. Yeah, we had a Fred Van Lenty month. We had them all set to come on, and something happened, and we never ended up having them on. <laughs> that was four or five years ago, I think. Mm-hmm. We did have friggin' Fred Van Lanty month. We did, but we never had him on. We, we've never, we've in seven years, we've yet to have him on. Well, that'll that'll change. I'm sure. Yes, and maybe he'll be in New York, and we can say hi again, and and threaten oh. to put him on the show again. And, uh... <laughs> I, I think he will. Um, speaking of Valiant, uh, I did read a ton of Valiant too. Uh, as did I, but you you gave us an extra homework assignment for this week, so I'm gonna. Hold up oh, on, gotcha. On, gotcha. For me personally, the thing I, I'm going to, I saved that for. Oh, cool. Did I, do That's... I, do I have the thing you're saving? You could, yeah. Yeah, you, you, you've already read it. You're far, you were far more, uh, up to date with it than I was. Okay. Yeah. Nice, nice. So, um, yeah, this just tickles that, that pulpy, musky, uh, 
uh, blood-soaked uh, funny bone that uh, I, I I've been dragging that thing along since I've been a kid. I just I, I click with Conan. Mm-hmm. Yep. I. What else? Did your turn, David? I uh. For me, I I haven't read any Dark Horse the Conan. I uh. Dark Horse has done Conan proud. Yeah, no, I believe it. Sure. Yeah. They, the music they, stuff yeah. was awesome. Mm-hmm. They're, 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 they're no slouches. Um, I, I bought the dollar issues of, of King Conan or Conan the King, depending on oh, when yeah. you were reading it. You had the early Sylvester stuff and then, um, Conan's son was, was killed and I, I, I enjoyed that, that era. Um, and it's a character who, you know, I definitely don't think I've read all I needed to read. Of Conan to say, oh, I read some and that I have my fill. I want to read more. It's just now it's just a matter of, of finding this time to read it. Yeah. You never have enough Conan. Never ever. No, you're right. You're right. I mean, you just look at the artists that have graced that character with their presence. John Basima. Yep. Holy mackerel. Alfredo Alca. Um, uh, Barry Windsor Smith. Yep. It just goes on and on. There's just fantastic talents that have touched on uh, Richard Corbin that have touched on Conan. And it's just, it's one of those characters that the, all, like the greats of the greats have probably taken a shot at him. Except for Jack. I don't recall Jack ever drawing a. Well, and the, the, the Busema stuff is uh, always a bother for me, right? Because I'm on a quest for a Busema Avengers page. Yeah. It, it's such a disparity, uh, in, in terms of, of cost, uh, and availability between Busema Avengers and Busema Conan. I, not to say that the Busema Conan are a dime a dozen. That, that's, that's belittling them too much, but, but, but it's, it's very easy and frankly very affordable to find the Busema, uh, Conan page. It's, it's, it, if, if you're, if you have any kind of budget for OA, meaning that you're willing to spend, you know, a few hundred dollars on a page, there are always pages of Busema Conan out there. Um, which you, I would, with Busema, I mean Busema Avengers, it's 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 four yeah. four figures at a minimum, and that's for a page with maybe maybe Jarvis, you know, yeah, maybe okay. Jarvis and, and a Quinjet, you know, maybe uh, you know the so. I would throw what I consider serious money at a John Busema Alfredo Alcala um, Conan page. Well, Chris owns one. Yes, he does. That was mm-hmm. his one of his big gets at the what the first C two E two or the second one. Yeah, that was one of his quests. Yeah, he's a nice uh, Busema Alcala. Page. I love Alfredo. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, little heavy-handed, but in his case, I, I I don't mind because he had a distinct personality. He worked really well with Don Newton, also on on, oh, on yeah. the Batman stories. Yep. Um, I let's see, it hasn't been touched on. I finally read um, Grendel versus the Shadow, the first issue of that. Uh, How was that? Worked it uh, because here's Hunter Rose, who is pretty much a character set in the '80s, and uh, you're going to have him face meet versus uh, the Shadow character from the '30s. So obviously, time travel has to be involved somehow, and. Uh, and considering Hunter Rose is someone who met Batman, this isn't, uh, 
the story isn't isn't far fetched if you read Grendel and you read Grendel to its end and and know about the future of yeah. of that name. Um, science fiction and 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 it plays a part. So uh, Hunter is thrown back into the past and it it took me a couple of pages to realize that the, the issue starts off uh in black white and red and and you and, and you have yeah you have the gray tones and and mm. Matt's son brennan does does a fantastic job with um with the change because when uh when hunter appears in what I guess would be considered Times Square in like 1939, when he lands on a rooftop, it's color. And it took me a couple of pages to realize that I'm looking at Hunter Rose in color and, and, you know, hmm. the black hair, the white swathed in, in, in his hair and, and, and he's wearing a tuxedo. So he is pretty much just black and white, but there's the flesh color and, and, and his, he's on a roof in, New York City, uh, looking at old Times Square and it's all in color. And I, and, and I'm like, well, damn. So now, so that's, that, that, that's the, the, the visual difference to let you know that, uh, he's not in Kansas anymore. And you have the, uh, it is, first issue is pretty much a, a shadow story. Uh, but now that, um, you know, instead of worrying about how he's going to get home, like just about any other character would, uh, Hunter views this time, this era, this, 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 this setting as a, uh, untapped potential. There, now I have something, I have a new area to conquer and, uh, he's, uh, he gets down to business pretty quick. He, uh, puts his mask on and, and hops down and, he uh he is going to make a name for himself and we in that regard uh because of who hunter has to step on to to get ahead and and uh grendel and and the shadow kind of have similar enemies at first but of course it looks as though uh shadow will have to face grendel because uh the crime and evil and hearts and all that. So we'll, uh, we'll see where it goes from there, but it, it, it went on the, the issue. I'm like, I'm thinking it's, you know, like a, a 20 odd page book, but it doesn't end. And I keep flipping pages and I'm like, this is awesome. I, I, I thought maybe it was just a one shot, but it, it, uh, no, no there's three. yeah. So three or four. Is it three? three? Okay. But it, it's, it's, it's a thick goddamn book. It's, it's double sized. Yeah. It's, it's 40 or maybe almost 50 pages and it's, it's Wagner. It, it, Matt is just firing on all cylinders. The, the art is, it's, I'm looking at this and it reminds me of not Devil by the Deed, but it, it's definitely a, um, a sharper, crisper kind of line. It's, it's, it doesn't look like the second mage series. It, it's, uh, it, it's a little, um, yeah, a little sharper than that, but it, it's definitely Wagner. 
he uh he knows the characters, though obviously he knows Grendel, but he he has a really good handle on on Shadow and, and Lamont Cranston and and uh and Margot and um He's been writing them for a while. Yeah, and and you know you don't get it. You're not really getting a lot of like the shadows cronies in this. It's it's pretty much Shadow Lamont, Margot who who does a lot of um, monologuing. She, she she's she's thinking about a lot of things and whether or not uh, Lamont even knows that she's there or what what purposes she serve. And um, he realizes he has to make appearances just so that uh, it it allows him to. Be the shadow and, and be freer in that guise, then, uh, he has to make his appearances as, as a socialite. And, uh, he's not happy about it, but he, it's, 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 uh, it's a necessary evil. Uh, but just seeing how, I, I my, my concern, my, my, my apprehension was, of course, how do you get these characters to me? More so than, Grendel Batman because at least that's they're in the same era they're in the same time but but I uh, I'm satisfied I, I really didn't have uh, didn't have an issue with it there is because you get everything you need to know kind of about Hunter Rose in in this issue he uh, there's a there are two gentlemen who who show up at uh, at Hunter's office offering um something that was found at the bottom of, of New York Harbor and they went to Hunter because he does like uh collecting things and there are a lot of um a lot of things that he has uh purchased picked up over the years where uh it's kind of um uh what should I call it uh, they're not necessarily items that too many people would, well, would have access to. He has, um, you know, he's got Bonnie Parker's machine gun, uh, a cigar trimmer owned by Al Capone. Um, uh, infamous artifacts. Yes. Yeah. 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 Charles Dickens quill and ink. So he, he likes. Well, uh, I don't know, I don't know about the last Right, thing. well, yeah, I mean, there's, well, Ernest Hemingway's typewriter, so I mean things that brought, um, uh, you may associate with, with these people. Uh, Jesse James's gun bell, he has Oscar Wilde's walking stick, which, uh, is the housing okay. for his, uh, for, for the fork. Oh, nice! Yeah, so it's, um, but he, this urn is brought to his attention, so that's why these guys are here. Uh, and when he opens the urn and finds a scroll, he reads the scroll, which is in Mandarin, but maybe, um, his, uh, in, inflections were off or, or he, he didn't pronounce something correctly. And that's when, uh, the smoke rises. His lawyer is worried. And next thing you know, he's falling through the air and, and ends up in the past. So, uh, we'll see how he gets back home, but it's, it's, uh, I, I don't have a, I mean, I'm not a purist or anything, but I don't have a problem with, with this character, this setting, meeting this, this other character who I would never imagine how, how they, but it, I'm sure as, this, as, as the story plays out that it, it, uh, they will make, um, 
maybe not obvious foils, but it would make sense for them to why they would uh, be at odds and, and why it would make sense for, for them to, uh, to be face to face. So I'm, I'm, I'm psyched for it. I'm, I'm looking forward to the rest. Yeah. There really is no excuse for mispronouncing words. Seriously. <laughs> Even if it's no, not I, your native tongue. <laughs> I'm excited for this. It's going to come in my, in my next box. And, uh, Wagner, I think, is one of those guys that's intimately um, familiar with show don't tell. Yeah, because because I don't remember. He's a I, shower, I can't not recall, a grower. <laughs> I can't recall Grendel being a very caption heavy book. The Kamiko run, right. anyway. Well, yeah, so yeah, yeah. he he lets things flow and and does what he has to do in dialogue, and you know he doesn't push you; he just guides you. And I like that about Wagner. So I can't wait for this. And when you said it starts off with red, white, and black. Yeah, uh, yeah no, it's, it's, it definitely starts off as a Grendel book, even though, uh, the first couple of panels, um, take place in the, uh, in the thirties. But then you get to the second page and, and there's my boy sitting in his chair with, uh, with his mask on and everything. So, uh, it's definitely a Grendel book for the first few pages. And then we're, uh, we're in a different setting altogether. But it's, um, and Matt's son does an amazing job with, with, with the colors, like I said. It's, uh, it's a great looking book. I'm, I'm quite pleased by it. Yeah, I have an entire chamber of my heart dedicated to the pulp heroes. I, 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 I love them. I, I think more so than you guys. Like Jason, I don't think has yeah, any. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> not much, um, not much to eat. David, you know, has his favorites, but, you know, Shadow, Doc Savage, uh, yeah, the Doc Avengers. Savage, I'm not a big fan of. Oh, I love Doc Savage. Dude, come on. Um, <laughs> G- even like, even the lesser ones, like G8 and his battle aces, I love the pulp characters. And, um, when I heard that, uh, Wagner was going to write the Shadow, it, that's Christmas. And, and, uh, his Shadow series is really good as well. Yeah, it is. I haven't read issue ten yet, though. I haven't. I'm 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 way behind in that. I've, I'm only I only just I read the first issue a while ago. I reread it recently, and now I'm trying to to catch up. And it looks great. I mean, the art on on the okay. shadow is is yes. amazing. Um, isn't it weird though? I draw the line at Green Hornet. I like Green Hornet, but not. I I don't have the same love for that character as I do for like say Doc Savage. Mm-hmm. Green Hornet's like the the idiot bastard. Stepchild of the pulp heroes to me. I don't Damn. know why. Yikes! Uh, no, I, yeah, I like the character, but I don't love the character. Even real yo yo. Uh, I also read. I mean, this we we've kind of joked around about the we've joked about the movie that this this series is is based on. But uh, I read uh, Prometheus: Fire and Stone. Oh, don't spoil! Oh, it. Don't no, I won't. I won't. The first the first issue of that. It's it's one of four. Um, Written by Paul Tobin, who does a lot with Dark Horse and, and the Life's Properties. He wrote some of the uh, Fallen Skies books. Um, art by uh, Juan Ferreira. And, Ferreira. Uh, he's, he's awesome. It is, it, it is a sharp-looking book. Ferreira. I, I am quite pleased with this. Ferreira art. is Ferreira. Ferreira, yeah. Uh, kiss, kiss Me Satan, Colder. The guy's amazing. Yeah, no, it's, it's, this, this is no joke. Uh, and, um, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it, I, if, if, um, 
if if you're one of the five people who enjoyed the movie. Uh, <laughs> I, like, I I am one of the people. I, I am one I of those five. I yeah. I mean, yes, you can. I mean, as for all this shit we give to things like you know Man of Steel or other superhero based movies where you know shit just don't make sense. I I get that shit don't make sense in this in, in Prometheus in the movie, but I'm still uh, visually attracted to it, and and mm-hmm. I um I could put yeah, it. Yeah, I'm with you. I think the movie is. It uh, it doesn't bear close scrutiny. Like right. if you're looking yes. for reasons to <laughs> question it, of, there's, the list is long. But logic holes. But I saw it in the theater and I freaking loved it. Yeah. But isn't that, in a sense, staggering that the man that initiated the whole franchise didn't dot his eyes and cross his t's? Like, why don't part of the parts of that movie make sense? I don't it's, know. It, it, they should make sense. It's like asking why did. The last three Star Wars do what they do. I mean, yeah, you're right. No, you're right. You you're right. You're right. You know? You're right. I mean, Scott's such a talent, and and you know, he has my love just for the Alien movies. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, I, I, and and I'm I'm it's 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 almost insanity because I keep hoping that every time I put the the Prometheus disc in that certain scenes are going to be transformed <laughs> and actually made sense this time. I think you got to wait for never that director's happens. cut. Yeah, it never happens. Um, but I, I, I finally saw the movie. Really enjoyed it. Um, I know we have all the websites out there that uh, give you, you know, the top 100 illogical aspects of it, and that's just in the first 30 minutes. I, I get all of it. Um, but because I did enjoy the movie, I wanted to see what the, uh, cause I haven't read an aliens book from Dark Horse in, in ages. Um, yet another franchise Dark Horse did really proud. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it, it's, um, you know, it, it, it picks up. Uh, they, they do reference, you know, there's, there's the, the, the first page recap, which, um, lets you know sort of shortly in a short, sweet snippet, um, the gist of, the movie Prometheus, uh, but it um, it kind of uh, picks up after that, and 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 we move on, and and I, uh, I I dug it. I'm going to you know stick with this miniseries and uh, see what happens. The last page does um, have more of a connection to the aliens books that Dark Horse. That, that you've been reading for years more so than probably the, um, than the movie, the movie. did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's, uh, you know, it, the, 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 the writer and, and the artist, especially the artist, but, but the creative team, uh, pays their respects to, to the source material. There's, um, there's, I, I think, you know, you read it, you, you tell me what you think about it. I, I dug it and, and I think that, um, you know, as someone who, it may not be as as in tune as as you are, Vince, with with the uh, with this universe, with with the uh, with the whole aspect of this, yeah, the mythology. Then, uh, mythology, then, then uh, you know, you'll be able to tell me what what I may have missed or or, or overlooked. But it's um, just as someone who, I mean, I remember seeing Alien 
years and years and years ago, probably not too often. I, I've, I've seen Aliens more than I've seen any of the others. Um, yeah. And then there's completely different. Movies. Yes, oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. But it, but it brought for me it 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 uh, brought attention to where it it came from, and then right. uh, and then of course Dark Horse kind of just picked up from that and 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 gave us all the aliens books so it's not it's not though those serials weren't called alien they, they were you know <laughs> referencing the, the the sequel and uh and then of course they they blew it with the other sequels but it, it this was a seriously I, <laughs> I don't have to go down that rabbit hole please uh so well you know what it, let's be optimistic i will say prometheus is Massively better than Alien Three. Yes. It's better than Resurrection. Yes. Yeah, it's better. Well, you know, not, so no argument for me. Yeah, I, I, I'm on record as saying that Alien Cubes was was a dream. It did not happen, and uh, did not did happen. Not happen. <laughs> nope. And and uh, and Resurrection is just a fucking hot mess. And and that's really that. That's the kindest I could be about it. Um, I read well. You know, we briefly talked about um the second multiversity book which was fantastic doc fate is is great adam is is adorable i you know he's like it's, he's just he's trying and and you're rooting for him but uh, he's worried about his face but it, it was um it's an amazing looking looking issue i uh i may have actually enjoyed it more than the first issue of multiversity mm. uh I'll part ways with yeah, you. No, that's fine. No, I, I, I mean, because primarily because it's just it's fresher in my mind, and and I fresh and so clean, so fresh and so clean, and and I, uh, there was, <laughs> I, I like I like Doctor Fate. So to see this Doctor yeah. Fate, and and to see, uh, although, well, all right, you know what, I, no pressure. No, I'll, I'll take it back because now as I'm thinking about it, I, there was the parallax appearance, so I. I'll, eh. I'll, I'll I'll take it back. Uh, but again, like slot, it was a good use of parallax. It was. I it thought was. yes, yeah. it absolutely was. But to see, and I was I'm I was surprised as I'm reading the issue, Vince. I'm like, oh shit, there's Vandal Savage. I'm like, I can't wait to see what some people are gonna have to say about about this guy can't, showing up. I know, I know. I was it. like, he's yeah, gonna hate this issue. Yeah. <laughs> wait, I'm missing I'm currently I'm out of the loop here. I don't know what you mean. I've never liked Vandal Savage. <laughs> Oh really? Yeah. It's a joke. It doesn't make. I see. This is where you lose me when you do things like like you love comics and you are open to so many different crazy things. And then like, why on earth, pray tell, would Vandal Savage be a joke? Like that doesn't make any sense to me. He's not attractive as a character to me. Uh, An immortal who who clawed his way, supposedly clawed his way to prominence, and he's still like petty. Going out, you know, from what we've seen of Vandal Savage in the past, he he thinks really small. If you've lived that long and have that much experience, you theoretically should be ruling the planet, or or at least making it so you get there. He's just he like, oh, I'm just going to take down Batman. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Hmm. I don't, I don't know. It's just, I mean, I think it's funny hearing you say that, but, but I think it's a very arbitrary character to dislike for that reason. I, I just don't, I, I think aesthetically there's nothing special about him. He's just a big old dude with, you know, long hair, whatever. Um, but the thing that really killed it for me, and it shouldn't have, but it did, was when he rode the damn comet. 
<laughs> he wrote a comet. You know, that's all you got to say. It's like, whatever. I, I just, I don't know. It's like, I, I don't want to dislike the character, but it's, he just seems to be the, the, the MacGuffin, right? The, 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 uh, the laughing stock. I don't like, the, I don't got to justify it. I don't like Vandal Savage. <laughs> You're the one that was going to justify it, buddy. We didn't ask you to. I was trying to, but I really can't find a reason. I just don't like them. <laughs> Irrational. Uh, shit. I can be at times, yeah. Uh, I can be. I think he's kind of cool. Why? Why? Because he looks like Roman Reigns. <laughs> totally. No, I mean, I, I think the premise, the premise is cool. An immortal, he's been, he, he's, he's like Forrest Gump, only a badass. He's, 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 he's lived He's been many famous conquerors over the years. He's, I don't know. I just, I, I love the, I love the idea of an immortal that, that's, uh, lived lots of lives. Um, so yeah. Plus he, uh, he procreated and created one of the better characters of the last 15 years in DC with, uh, with, uh, Scandal, who was the leader of the, of, of the, of the Secret Six, uh, which, uh, I was a huge fan of from Gil Simone. So. Oh, that was a fun book. Sure. There you go. Oh man. Damn. <laughs> that, well, so wait. So do you do you, if you don't like Vandal Savage, then do you also dislike? You, uh, you, you hate Anthro? Anthro or? No, I like Anthro. He's, he's, he's a likable character. There's just there's just something eminently likable about him. You know what I mean? Dude. I, Love I'm it. not gonna search my soul for the answer Love to that. It. I just oh, do not like. You say you're not, but you're going to be, and I guarantee you, at some point this week in the forum, you're gonna have an explanation of why you don't like. <laughs> oh, hey, good thing you mentioned. Stop laughing. Good thing you mentioned that because David has been working his supple hands to the Took bone, revamping our forum. We're gonna have something really special for you very soon. Probably, David, did you say probably before, uh, the New York Comic Con? If, if everything works out, if, if, uh, yes, yes, yeah, before New York Comic Con. It's very spiffy and no joke. I, I like to tease David, but he is doing a hell of a lot of work on this and it's not for us. It's for you guys because people value our forum, uh, our community and David's going to give, he's going to give you the Cadillac of communities. Mm. And with the Bendis boards closing down, what a perfect opportunity to have uh, a spiffy yes. new forum where people can, uh, can find uh, a new home. Yeah. There's no uh, – if you haven't visited our forum, there's usually no infighting, no sniping. <laughs> no... This week of all weeks. It's it's a really tight knit group of guys and gals, and we love each other, and we have a great time. So if if you are so inclined, visit our forum. We'll tell you when it's time, and uh, get in on the ground floor of this new thing. Uh, if there's a vacuum in your life by the Bendis boards left by the Bendis boards, come over. We'll have fun. I'm hoping to see some guys that left us for that place uh, come return and and continue the fun. I would too. Yeah. It'll look it, it'll look a little different. It will, um, and and yeah, it's uh, you know. You, I think what you've done so far is great. You guys have signed off on it, so I mean that that's probably the way it's going to look. And we'll um, and it'll it'll be open for business soon. And and uh, and the old the old form isn't being deleted. It isn't going away. It's uh, it will um, 
We're putting it in Mylar. Like I told you guys, yes, in Mylar, it's going to be like Captain America falling off the plane and, and he'll end up in ice and, and you won't, it'll just. Or Vandal Savage right <laughs> in the comments. <laughs> and you'll have, you know, it'll, it'll be, it'll be frozen in time. You can reference it. Uh, we just, it'll, it'll be, uh, it'll be on lockdown, but, uh, the new place will probably, um, have that, uh, clean minty smell with, with no, um, no, only, no after. Yeah. Only, only the, the users, uh, will probably be, um, the, the valid or, or the, the, the current, the, the active users will be carried over and, and we'll, um, we'll start, start anew from here. So we'll, we'll see. We're still, we're still kicking the tires on a couple of things. I'm still making sure that everything will, um, will work as we want it to work. I mean, there were, there were the problems late last week where, where you guys couldn't see it or, or log in. <laughs> so once, once, but that was also because we were, uh, I was trying to do, um, I was trying to keep everything the way it was and, and it was, we're, we're, we're changing softwares also. We're, we're not, it's, it's going to be something completely, yeah. I mean, now we're getting all techie and, and whatnot, not necessary, but it's, it, it's not as, as easy as just leaving one room and turning the lights on in the other and, and everybody shows up, so. Intense doesn't even begin to describe the level of scrutiny David is going over old posts, old people, old accounts, just trying to see what has value and what is extraneous. And he's bringing all the stuff that has meat over to the new forum and all the fat's getting cut, which I think it was it was time because we have some threads that are just silly, which every board does. So David's going through and weighing uh, the merit of this stuff and he's bringing over all the good stuff. Again, for you. And you know who brings you the good stuff? Who? Discount Comic. I heard you laugh. Discount Comic Book Service. DCBService.com. They will bring you the good stuff. They will give you the good stuff for a fraction of what you can get it elsewhere. Um, what did I say? This, uh, this is, you know, you have a very finite, uh, window here. Valiant Bundle, $18.45. That's 50% off nine books. Uh, Django Zorro, number one, half off, $1.99. Ghost Fleet from Dark Horse, number one, cover price $3.99, your price $1.99. Get your books, get them fast, get them delivered right to your door from the very best comic book service in the world, on the world, in the universe actually, dcbservice.com. We alluded to this before, I'm kind of excited, we have a new feature here at 11 o'clock comics. Usually this would be the time for in your travels. Right. Which is cool. We're not, we're not getting rid of that. But once every month, the last week of every month, we are going to flip the script and do a 11 o'clock book of the month. The one thing that really jazzed us from the preceding weeks of that month, we're going to bring it the last week of every month. And my 11 o'clock comics book of the month for September, it's from Dark Horse, written by Tim Seeley and uh, illustrated by Jim Terry. It is Sundowners. I adore this book. Yeah, you do. Um, Lynchian manipulation of both the art and the audience. You'll be sacking Second, second and third guessing all over the place, 
Are these characters who they appear to be? Are they lying? Are they crazy? Is what I'm reading the truth? Uh, am I being misled? Yes, to all of the above. Seriously, yes. It, it's an amazing book. We got a new character in issue number two. Uh, I laughed out loud. Tim, you're a bastard. I won't spill the beans until the other guys have read it, but there was one scene. Just picture the penguins of Madagascar. You haven't seen anything. There's a scene like that in this book, and I I shit. It was very funny. <laughs> Uh, keep doing it. I, like I said, I want a long box of Sundowners. It's a great series. Currently on issue number two, you don't have a lot to track down. If you want to get in on this, do it. Get the singles. It's amazing. Three syllables. That is a lot of syllables. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Benchwarmers. The movie? Yeah, amazing. That's what that's Oh, called. okay. I was unaware. Um, I... I you, you threw this at us, and I had a couple that um, that I thought of. Uh, one was Iron Fist, the Living Weapon, uh, mm. because I read issue six, and I just I am I am seriously impressed with um, Carrie Andrews' ability to uh, visually. Tell a story, move a story along, but, uh, he is a much better writer than I ever gave him credit for, and I'm kind of only going by Spider-Man Rain, and, and, uh, I'm not gonna say it was a low bar, but it, it, wow. it's, it's, uh. That's your Vandal Savage. <laughs> you really don't, I really write don't like series. Rain. I really don't like I Rain. I thought it was, I thought it was great. Don't, because don't he liked Dark Knight Returns. That- he had that one um spider semen Sp- spider-man's uh tangled web the one with the kid and the tv set on the cover remember that that single okay, issue yeah. yeah it was pretty good too um but i uh i think i am you know just riding the flow from the first hour of this episode and and just um because i shotgunned a couple of issues in a row and and even even though Issue number five with, uh, with this original sin tie-in, um, they kind of really didn't, Slot didn't let that, uh, interfere with the story he was trying to tell and, and, and he, uh, used it his advantage. So, um, I'm going with, um, with Amazing Spider-Man because it's, um, it has not, uh, can't stop, won't stop. It has just been a very, uh, Entertaining, crazy ride. I mean, yeah, we, we, we talked about the Spider-Verse for a lot, uh, for a long time early on, uh, but amazing with Peter back in his body and, and, uh, trying to make sense of what went on for the, uh, 31 issues while he was at, in, while he wasn't in his body. It's, uh, it really, it, it's, the return to greatness for me. I, I think that yeah. uh, Amazing Spider-Man is back to being amazing, and and like you said, kicking off the segment, uh, may amazing, and I can't. Uh... The adjective is entirely appropriate, and it, it just it looks great. It it's mm-hmm. and and slots on fire. So I mean, I there are a lot of things that I'm reading right now that that I am 
a big fan of that, that, that I want to shout from the rooftops and I want people to read, but it's, um, like I told Jason earlier today, you know, gun to my head, it's very hard for me to say that's the one book I need to read as soon as it comes out. But, uh, uh, Amazing Spider-Man is the closest thing I have, I think, to that, that, that fits in that, uh, that, that, that I can make that claim with. Yep. Nice. Totally agree. Yep. Nice. Respect it. So, so Jason, what is your book of the month? Yeah. So for me, uh, this was an easy one. Uh, my book of the month is Archer and Armstrong by Valiant. Nice. Uh, and, and I know that, uh, Daryl and, and Campbell are probably, uh, sitting somewhere listening to this and, uh, and getting, uh, a rise in their pants because, uh, this, this has, this has ignited a renewed fervor to consume all of what's going on in Valiant. Mm -hmm. Same here. Um, I, again, as we said, I think last week talking about the humble bundle, which is still going on. So, for for those that for some reason maybe didn't listen to last week, but are listening to this week, uh, if you go to humblebundle.com, you can receive an absolute trove of Valiant comics uh, by donating uh, any amount really. But if you're willing to go, I think above fifteen dollars, you can get the entirety of what they're offering, which is at this point. Uh, close to 300 uh, comics, I think. Um, so it's really an absurd chance to catch up on Valiant if you're if you're if you haven't done so. But but anyway, getting back to Archer and Armstrong, we have talked about the book a few times. Uh, certainly when the when the book first came out, I know we all praised it, and I I, I know um, you two kept a little more current with Archer and Armstrong than I had. Uh, I didn't fall off on it through any any dislike of it at all. It was quite the opposite. I just uh, did one of those things where you read an issue or two and say, I like it, so I'm going to get the trades. And then unfortunately, and I think this happens a lot more than we care to admit, um, your reading pile gets so big that you just don't get around to ordering the trade when it comes out. And the next thing you know, you're, you're, you're way too far behind on it. But, uh, I read the first two trades this month. Uh, the first trade was written by Mr. FVL, Mr. Fred Van Lenty with, yep. uh, art chores by Clayton Henry. Shout out. Uh, he'll be at, uh, New York Comic Con. Uh, and then the second trade, uh, again written by Fred, but, uh, art mainly by Emanuela Lupacino, who thinks by Guillermo Ortego mm-hmm. over Emanuela's pencils. Uh, but this book is, it's, it's, at the risk of, of hyperbole, it's, 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 it's a perfect book for me. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's a story of, it's a buddy, it's a buddy story, and I'm a huge fan of buddy, of buddy movies, uh, but it's, it's, it's evocative of the same reason I like Bad Boys, the movie. You know, it's, 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 it's a, it's a, it's an action movie with, 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 with two protagonists who have a love-hate relationship. Uh, yeah, I was just gonna say, it doesn't start out as a buddy. Right, buddy right, right. No, it's it, much in the same way Lethal Weapon didn't, or, or Bad right, Boys, right. or, there's lots of examples. It's, it's a fairly commonplace trope, I think, but, but, uh, there's that word. I know people have been hating that word apparently. So. What's wrong with that? I don't know. I guess it's being overused. So apologies to those who think it's overused. But anyway, a conceit, whatever you want to call it. But, but the story is, uh, if you've got, you've got, uh, you've got, uh, Obadiah Archer, uh, who is essentially, I guess you could say he's a cultist, right? I mean, he's been brainwashed. Yeah. He's been, he's a brainwashed young, 
man who's been raised to be a religious warrior. Uh, he's, he's been taught by his parents that he is fighting for the, for the good of God and for the sake of humanity, uh, in a, in a cause that's far greater than his own personal needs and wants. And he's sent on a quest to take out the man who shall not be named, who is none other than, uh, Mr. Armstrong, who is an immortal. And An interesting immortal. Absolutely. <laughs> In the modern day, he's, 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 he's like a, a mix. Visually, he's a mix of, say, uh, Hercules and Volstagg. He's he's a, he's he's a heavy set guy, but but not in the Volstagg way because he's also big and burly and strong and and he's bearded and he's 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 lived for ten thousand plus years and uh, they're put together through a set of circumstances involving the quest for um, a thing called the boon, which has been scattered by Armstrong many 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 moons ago into six pieces across the earth, and the sect is trying to put these pieces together. Uh, for a, a, a grander plan. And the first arc of the story is essentially uh, a quest to stop the sect from getting these six pieces back. Um, and, and then the second arc is essentially, uh, in, in a way, building this band of, of characters. And I love getting the band together stories, too. That's one of the reasons I've always loved the Avengers Assemble issues. Uh, and And... Archer and Armstrong are, are aligned quickly with the Eternal Warrior, who, um, for those those old school Valiant readers know, is 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 Armstrong's one of his brothers, another immortal. Uh, we're also introduced to the newest Geomancer, who's a super hot blonde uh, mm-hmm. girl in this, and they all have like minded interests. They're they're the the enemy of the enemy is uh, is my friend type of thing. And it's just nonstop action. It's super witty. There's all kinds of, 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 of little bits of humor and pop culture references that make Fred's writing so well. There's one point where they're trying to figure out the answer to this riddle and the, the, <laughs> the woman says 42. And again, there's no explanation to that. So if you're not a Douglas Adams fan, it probably yeah. went out of your head, but I read that and just, just grinned ear to ear. Uh, at one point, one of them calls the other one douchey McDouche. It's just, just little, <laughs> it's just little things like that. It's just hysterical and, uh, it's well, it's well written. It's well paced. Uh, both, both Henry and Lupacino's art works well in the book. Um, mm-hmm. it made me crave more. And like I said, it didn't just make me crave more Archer and Armstrong. It really, it, it made me want to track down these, these eternal warrior issues and, and to, 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 to then dive into the other stuff, um, that, that, uh, it, that's adjunct to this. So. Can't recommend it enough. Uh, yeah. Apologies to Valiant uh, for for being so far behind. I I don't know what issue offhand they're up to with Archer and Armstrong, but I know it's I'm at least another year or two behind. I think twenty four oh, so, came out. So I just read through nine. So I have another fifteen issues to catch up on. But yeah, yeah, those um, bundles that DCBS has been offering uh, of the Valiant books, I've gotten them the last uh, three months. Mm-hmm. Cool. I. Yeah, I have to. Yeah, it's and, just so good. Right, and, and your your homework assignment basically said was the best you've read this month, and I just I, I've I, I've enjoyed a ton of stuff this month. After frankly, the month before reading a lot of stuff, I didn't find all that enjoyable. So it's nice to be back on a winning streak, so to speak. But this just left me grinning ear to ear. It just yeah. tickled everything. It's it's action packed. It's funny. It's well paced. The art is great. The art, art furthers the story. Uh, it, it just just really it's world building, which I adore. Uh, I, I really have nothing 
nothing – there's no negative if I'm doing a pros and cons list. There's no con for me of these nine issues. I just yeah. – I think it's 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 – it's a it's a grand slam start to to the to the book and, and and to be fair I was not the hugest valiant reader back in the day but I did always enjoy Arthur Armstrong back in the day so mm-hmm. yeah and really and, and Lefty just and he came out swinging especially with when when you start off with the Promised Land theme park and I was just I mean that that had me hooked from that point <laughs> on I was just I was laughing my yeah, and you've got the one percenters, and 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 there's these, and, and they're you know those quasi-religious cult that wear gold gold bull and bear helmets, which again, as a Wall Street yes. guy, cracks me up. You've mm-hmm. got you've got this this mathematical undertone where we we kind of learn that this group called the Null has been essentially blackmailing all the greatest mathematicians uh, throughout history to help them solve the equation of of nothingness, which I love. I was actually telling my kids this week. Uh, totally unrelated to this because uh, my oldest is starting to do geometry in school and I was talking about proofs, you know, given something, prove something. And I, I was fairly good at math and I told them that there was a, my a geometry teacher I had, had a, uh, he would often give us extra credit things. And, and one thing he always had in the back of the room was given no- a proof and it was given nothing, prove everything. And about halfway through the year, I submitted that proof and, and he, and I got it right. I mean, there's lots of ways you could have gotten it right, but I, and, and as a result, he gave me, um, he used to give these, if you got extra credit, he would give you these, uh, these, these fake dollar bills that had his face in the, in the middle and they were extra <laughs> point credits. You could use them for homework, for quizzes, for tests, whatever. They're worth one point. So if you, you know, you got, you got an 89 and you wanted to have an A, you could use a point if you had it and get a 90, that type of thing. Well, for given nothing, proven everything, I, I was received, received a hundred of these, these, these credits, Whoa. which is, you know, essentially a free exam or free whatever. And, but because I was, I was good at, 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 at the subject, I didn't ever need them. So I began selling them. <laughs> of course you did. And, and, oh, there we go. And, yeah, and let's just say that that was not well received by the teacher. So, <laughs> so I was telling my 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 sons this, uh, it, but but it just made me think. It's just uh, the idea of, of of figuring out the mathematical significance of null, and and how that they could use that then to essentially destroy the universe. Uh, just just all these little things just are all just tickle my fancy. So. Um, I can't wait to, I'm going to definitely in the next week or two try and power through all of our turn Armstrong, especially because, um, I have also been, I'm really interested to read the delinquents, which is a, which is a, a, a limited series now with featuring our turn Armstrong quantum and Woody together. And so yeah. I got to get caught up on both yeah, before I can I read, read the delinquents. So yeah, it's great. Yeah. Delinquents is great. Yeah. Um, my 42 moment. Um, in Archer and Armstrong came when they explained Obi's power, mm-hmm. how, how he can tap into the uh, Akashic mm-hmm. records. Mm-hmm. That's brilliant. That's really brilliant because you have the sum total of all human knowledge at his fingertips, and he doesn't even know he's doing it. Right. right. He he sees something being performed, an action or or uh, a martial arts move, and he can immediately do it. Yeah. And it's not it's not because he has an innate sense of you know how his body works. It's because he taps yes. into the the this human knowledge to do it. That's awesome. And they do I, these I, great I, visual cues. Uh, the yeah. I can't think of her name offhand. I just read the book too. The geomancer's name. But she, she can, when she tries, can see things almost the way they portray the Matrix when they're looking right. at computer screens. And generally she can look at things and kind of decipher the 
the equation of it and help figure things out. And then he is told by someone in, earlier in the series that, that, that he's got this, this higher sense of purpose, this higher being. And he asks her then to, to look at him and help him understand that. And she looks at him and her mind just explodes because when she looks at him, she sees all these infinity signs surrounding him. Yeah. And I love that. And then there's these other, and then the action part has these, 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 these silly, almost golden agey, silver agey things. Like there's this group of Tibetan monks that are, all have the Hitler mustache because there were actually Nazis sent there to help figure out things and they're, they are telepathic and they can kick all sorts of ass. Uh, you've got these, these, these assassins, these nuns that wear this black makeup and are ninjas. It's just, just this awesome amalgamation of, 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 of eighties action concepts and, and scientific and, and, uh, and, and conspiracy theory lore all rolled into this smartly, tightly produced book. It's, uh, it, it's, it's a perfect vessel for Van Lenti, I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, does oh, it yeah. surprise you that this is coming from the guy that helmed, uh, action philosophers? Right. You no, know, no, that's he, true. Yeah. He's, he's a smart, smart man. Very intelligent. Man. Uh, and I love the monks. They explain everything. Every reason why they do what they do is explained. And they said, well, why do you have the mustaches? Oh, we just like those. You know, it's just that that's the kind of humor. It's fun. Right, right. It just it's really neat. Book. Absolutely. The, the and the uh, the trade dress is I, just the way the way the the first volume, the second volume broken down with with the, the just how it's how it's packaged. I, I that is the, the covers all look similar, but turn the page and you have. The title, and then they break down the chapters or the issues that it collects. But it's just, it has a uniform look, and and I think that that's that's a nice touch as well. It's not just we're we're collecting the issues and we're just going to put them out from cover to cover. And it, it, there's some thought in, involved in uh, in the way everything's presented. Yeah, line wide, the Valiant books um, have this unified structure to their covers, and it works really well for them. Yeah. 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 Great stuff. So if you're dumping money on Future's End, stop <laughs> and, and give it to Valiant because, you know, that, yeah, 40,000 for Future's End, that's just wrong. That's wrong. Uh, you're, you're, you're belaboring that too much, I think. I know. Okay. Hey, everybody. <laughs> I got scolded. <laughs> hey, hey, everybody. Thank you for being here with us once again. And uh, we'll be here. Uh, again, next week, the same place you found this one, you can find the next one, and we do it because we really love you. We do, and, and New York Comic Con is fast approaching, everybody, and we will all be there. Yes. yes. With uh, a giant Australian in tow. Our Someone's got to carry our bags. He's arriving today, I think, to the States. The Good USA. Lord. Yes. Wow. Oh, we don't play that. Yes. You know, we didn't talk about, and it's probably too late for the, and it it'll, won't be topical next week, but... Uh, the 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 Dorman, the, the the Dave Dorman's wife's commentary yeah, that, and all that. That's another hour, I think. Probably. Yeah. Probably. We can talk about it next week. I mean, why not? It'd still be topical. They'll beat it death to death. That horse. I've actually though, been not? frightening, frighteningly surprised at how balanced most people's perspective on that has been. I haven't seen a lot of furor on any side of it. I, I think I've, I've seen a lot of people naturally progress to the middle which which is a nice place to be but rarely rarely is it expressed in the comics world so yeah i think there was a lot of nastiness on the facebook concerning that was there yeah the ones i saw anyway 
but whatever. We'll talk about it. Uh, join us. Yeah. If you, if you are so inclined. Yes. Say goodnight, David. Goodnight, David. Goodnight, Panel Savage. <laughs> Wherever you are. Goodnight, Anthro. <laughs> <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.